Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, Ben, please sit down. Put your headphones oh, on. sorry, man. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, June 26th is moments away. All right, headphones, not that hard. Just pull them apart, put them on your head. They're called cans. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're okay. Talking. Nice. All right, cans. Oh, wow, you did go to radio school. Uh, did I tell you about my days in radio school? Tell us what you learned, please. Uh, these are called cans. Okay, what else? Uh, well, tell, us, th- tell us about a stop set intro. Oh, stop set intro? Yeah. That's like this. Hi, it's a stop set intro. <laughs> All right, that's good. Talk about hitting the post. Oh, hit... Oh. Hitting the post is when you you play a song and it you know the opening has got like five seconds before the 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 vocals kick in. So you go, hey, we're uh, Ben Jarofsky show. We're kicking off a little cheap trick, and before we do, we're gonna rock and roll. And just at that point, goes Mama says, yeah, da, da. <laughs> that is actually hitting the post. Good job. See this? These are the hands. That's the ball. What happened to that radio career? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, you, come here. You are fine. Oh, that's right. Uh, remember that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. sadly. You're too liberal. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> All right, everybody. The Ben Jarofsky Show for your Wednesday, June 26 is moments away. But before we get into that, we would like to thank the following unions for jumping on board and helping bring back the Ben Jarofsky Show. First up, it's the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, not Aerosmith, uh, Local 126 and District 8, the International Brothers of Electrical Workers Local 9 and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 150. A giant thank you to those unions for jumping on board and helping bring back the Ben Jarofsky show so Ben can jump on the air and hit the post on podcast. <laughs> and of course, and of course, today's program is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. The Ben Jarofsky show starts now. It is Wednesday, June 26th, and live from the Chicago Sun-Times Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, legendary Chicago journalist Monroe Anderson returns, and we welcome back Jacobin writer Micah Uterich. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this. Oh, my goodness. This is crazy. Wednesday. And here's what? 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 (laughs) I don't know. That's half of my gags here. Anyway. Tonight, the 2020 presidential campaign officially kicks off with the Democratic presidential debate that it is. The first of two presidential candidate debates. There's so many candidates running for office that they can't fit them all on one stage. And so they're going to have to divide it into to do into two debates. Uh, even then, they won't be able to get all 24 candidates on stage. So if you're a fan of, let's see, if you are a fan of Representative uh, Seth Moulton, 
If you're a fan of Governor Steve uh, Bullock, if you're a fan of Mayor Wayne Messon, and if you're a fan of former St- Congressman Joe Stesick, you will not be able to see your... <laughs> okay, that was fast. Uh, you will not be able to see your candidates on stage tonight uh, for the big debate because they won't be there. They can only fit 20 um, on the stage. So it's two shifts. Each shift uh, has 10. The first tonight is, well, let's ask Dr. D for 10 trivia points. Who are the 10 candidates? Oh, you want me to name all 10 people? For tonight's debate. Go. (sighs) Buttigieg. Elizabeth Warren. That's one. All right. Um, Solwell. Uh no. All right, forget it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hold up right here. Oh wait, you're supposed to know this by heart. Okay, so uh, all right, turn the phone off, and we'll give you your trivia question in a little while. But tonight's debate will consist of Elizabeth Warren, Beto O'Rourke, Cory Booker, Julian Castro, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, Jay Inslee, Amy Klobuchar, Bill De Blasio. Your favorite, Bill de Blasio. John Delaney and Tim Ryan. And for 10 trivia points, Dennis, who is John Delaney? He's that comedian, right? (laughs) Oh, that's Mulvaney. Oh, my God. We have for 10 trivia points. Who is John Delaney? He'll be on stage tonight. I don't know who he is. Okay, that's good. Uh, he is a former congressman from Maryland. Oh, all my right? God. It's like uh, you looked that up or something. <laughs> I just know these things because I'm a political wizard. All right, tomorrow there'll be Well, wizards more. are old. <laughs> ten, that's right. Wizards Never are seen old. a young wizard. Never seen a young. That's because we've accumulated so much wisdom and wizardry that it just bears us down and makes us old. All right, here we go. Uh, Leah, for 10 trivia points, who will be on stage tomorrow? Please do not look at your phone. Go. Uh, that, Beto O'Rourke. Uh, no, Pete Buttigieg uh, is tomorrow. Yes, very good. I'll give her credit uh, for the one trivia point. Joe Biden. Two. Bernie Sanders. Whoa. Uh, Kristen Gillibrand. Yeah, Kirsten, very okay. good. I don't know who else All is right. tomorrow. Young Dennis. What? Oh. <laughs> Tomorrow. Who will be on tomorrow? Oh. Ten uh, trivia points. Bernie. Bernie. It's Joe senior, Biden. Senior citizen night at the debate. Yeah, winner gets free cottage cheese. <laughs> Old uh, people love that. Uh, um, Buttigieg. That's, that's an ageist joke. Kirsten Gillibrand. Very good. I'm just naming the one she named. Uh, okay. Kamala Harris will be on stage tomorrow. Michael Bennett will be on stage. Not the former football player, uh, but Michael Bennett, the senator. And uh, Marianne Williamson will be on stage for 10 trivia points, D. Who was in the studio that supports Marianne Williamson? Boy, we're really rocking the <laughs> trivia bit today. What was, that? What was the question again? Marianne Williamson. Who was in on this show who supports her? Oh, Kitty Kerr. There. Whoa. Must have gone to radio school. Uh, Andrew Yang and John Hickenlooper will also be on the stage tomorrow. Uh, and so that's tomorrow's debate. So now uh, that, of course, the big debate tomorrow, which I'm sort of looking forward to because it'll be, uh, uh, as I 
jokingly said, a senior citizen showdown between Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden, but it'll also be a uh, ideological showdown, if you will. Bernie Sanders, of course, is the politician who pushed uh, the uh, Democratic Party to the left by virtue of his strong run in 2016. I voted for him, Dean. I think you voted for him as well. I think, Leah, you were too young to vote in 2016, but you might have voted for Bernie. Uh, So Bernie pushed the party to the left, and Joe Biden is very much in the center, and uh, he is trying to, like, sneak to the left just enough to pick up enough voters uh, to win the nomination, and then he's going to go into the the campaign against uh, the general election against Donald Trump, subscribing to the notion, as Democrats have it for years, that you cannot win, you cannot be elected president of the United States with a left of center philosophy that you have to be at the very least a centrist that's the only way the democrats can win this has been the conventional wisdom of the democratic party since world war ii which is a long time ago d way before yeah, anyone you were like 40 i heard at that time yeah, I was uh, 40 years old when World War II ended. So uh, only geezers like me even re- vaguely remember World War II. Uh, but that is the conventional wisdom, and this is what we've been talking about in this studio for a long time, whether that conventional wisdom will finally be shattered as Democrats really nominate somebody uh, way on the left to the left of center and that watches the country follows that person. It's never happened in my lifetime. It'll be interesting to see if it will happen uh, tonight. So that's uh, tonight's... But by the way, D, hmm. as long as we're talking about uh, great elections of recent time, for 10 trivia points, <laughs> name all the candidates who ran for governor on the Democratic primary in 2018. Go. Dan Biss. One. Bob Diber. Two. T.O. Uh, Hardiman? Very good. Yeah. Wait, no. Yeah. That was the guest yesterday, right? No, I don't get <laughs> Toy Hutchinson. I get yeah. Toy Hutchinson and T.O. Hardeman mixed up. Oh, that was a bonus segment. The people don't know about okay. that. Yeah, that was a bonus. T.O. Hardeman. Um, uh, boy, boy, it wasn't that long ago. There were more? Yeah, the guy who's governor now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big boy, J.B. Pritzker. J.B. Pritzker. Not a perfect person. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, Mr. Three States. Yeah, very good. What was that guy's name? Uh, Bob Marshall, was it? Robert Marshall. Yeah, that guy. Come on. No notes on that one, baby. I missed that bit we were doing, Robert Marshall. Like, uh, we had a bit, like, Robert Marshall. Just imagine everybody. Robert Marshall's got everybody in a meeting, a bunch of people together in a room. He starts his meeting, and Robert Marshall's like, all right, I got a plan. What we do is we take Illinois. We divide it into three. Three states. One at the top, two at the top. Wait, where's everybody going? (laughs) Hey, hold on. Robert Marshall came on my old show, the one I was fired from, and I huh. remember he was explaining he had a map of the, the, the. We don't. This is not permanent. Okay, this is just some general ideas of how it would divide the state. It actually, kind of made sense. Uh, anyway, so that was uh, that was the Democratic primary of uh, of twenty eighteen. Seems like a long time ago. Anyway, so. The, the, the fact that we're starting in with the Democrats having the presidential debate tonight brought me back to a moment in time four years ago when it was the Republicans who were in this position uh, and they had a ton of candidates running for president and they were having a debate and they were trying to take back the White House and everybody was making fun of them for having so many people on stage. And now for 20 trivia points, Good Dr. God. D, name the candidates on stage in the 2016 Republican debate. Go! Marco Rubio. One. Donald Trump. Two. Jeb Bush. Very good. Ted Cruz. Four. Uh, That lady. 
Yep. <laughs> I'll give it to you. Five. I can't remember her name offhand. Uh, Carly. Yeah, Fiorina. Fiorina, very good. Um, that lady um, is good enough. What's his name? Uh, he's the HUD guy now. Oh, yeah. Uh, ben not Carson. Uh, oh, yeah. Ben yeah. Carson. Oh, my goodness. Was Ben Carson the last 2016? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have him on my oh, list. <laughs> way to go, quiz master. You didn't even know yourself. <laughs> um, I did it from memory. <laughs> I forgot Ben. Sorry, Ben. Forgot you. I'm writing him in now. Um, yeah, that's all I got. All right, very good. Well, you forgot. Uh, did Ted Cruz, uh, Lindsey Graham ran, Mike oh. Huckabee ran, uh, Bobby Jindal ran. Remember him, Bobby <laughs> Jindal. Uh, John Kasich ran. George Pataki ran. Ryan Paul, Rick Santorum, Scott Walker. Anyway, about this time four years ago, I sat down to have a very liquid lunch with a couple friends of mine who are uh, of the generation Generation X persuasion. You were drinking liquor. Yeah, yeah, they were. I was liquid I, lunch. Yeah, they were like. Let me just tell you, and uh, they're uh, very cynical. I will leave their names out of this little anecdote. Uh, they're of uh, uh, political strategists who are of the Democratic persuasion who are always telling Democrats, "Stop being so idealistic. Betray all your principles. Sell everything out, because that's the only way you're going to get elected." Anyway, that's sort of their worldview of politics. Uh, and we were having this discussion about uh, the Republican nomination. We had just watched the debates and uh, I proclaimed that day that there was no way absolutely no way that the Republicans would nominate a lunatic like Donald Trump as their nominee and uh, of course I was proved wrong and with that moment D I forever stopped making predictions well I didn't stop but uh, I, I, I stopped drawing attention to the predictions I made because it's clearly I'm pretty bad at making predictions in politics. No way. Not only was he the nominee, he, of course, uh, was elected uh, president. So who will emerge from the fray tonight? I do not know. I will not make a prediction. But the central theme, I'm sure, will be how far to the left can the Democrats go without losing all opportunity to gain the White House? Or should we blow up that conventional wisdom once and for all and just nominate a leftist and pull the rest of the country to the left? Something that has never happened in this country since World War II. We shall see. Let the madness begin. No collusion. We got a great show today, everybody. Monroe Anderson will be here today talking Trump, Trump, Trump and Trump. We'll also have uh, Michael, Mike, excuse me, Mike, Micah Uterick from uh, Jacobin Magazine, and he'll be talking about all the politics today. But I have a mystery guest coming in. A Rolling Stones fan will be walking into the studio at about 1.15 or so to talk about last night's concert. So plenty of political discussion ahead. But before we do that, the doctor with the news. Not a doctor. It's the middle of the day. My name's Dennis. Let's talk about the national news happening this afternoon. Big news broke after we ended Tuesday's show. Special counsel Robert Mueller is not out of our political news yet. No, he's not. On July 17th, Mueller will be testifying before Judiciary and Intelligence Committees regarding his findings on possible collusion between Russia and President Donald Trump's campaign in 2016. Now, rumor has it been that the White House may be acting to block Mueller's testimony, but House Oversight uh, Chairman Guy Jerry Nadler, he's not worried. He said they may attempt to block it, but, quote, I doubt that they would succeed because Mr. Mueller is an honest man and understands that you must... Uh, that congressional subpoena must understand that the mm -hmm. congressional subpoena is not optional. There's a typo there. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, well, uh, we'll be talking about this with Monroe uh, later on in the show. Uh, the Republicans, uh, the, the White House strategist Donald Trump, are doing everything they can to defy any kind of meaningful investigation by the House Congressional Committee uh, because they, for all the obvious reasons, they, they don't want this to be an issue uh, coming forward in the presidential campaign. Now, whether they can block uh, Mueller from appearing, I do not know uh, if he just voluntarily shows up on his own i don't know what jurisdiction they have unless they go to court and get an injunction to keep him um, for participating but anything they can do to undercut the credibility in the eyes of just the average uh, viewer the average listener the average american voter that's what they will do they want to send out a message that uh, the re- investigation into donald trump's collusion cooperation no collusion. working together whatever you want to call it with the russians uh to help uh, himself get elected back in 2016 is over it doesn't exist it's invisible just walk on by and the democrats of course are trying to keep this issue alive in other news nationally huh damn it kellyanne conway's back in the headlines yeah. a house committee voted today to authorize a subpoena for white house counselor kellyanne conway after she failed to show for a hearing on a government watchdog's findings that she broke the law dozens of times conway is skipping the hearings with the support of the white house lawyers oversight committee chairman elijah cummings says uh, he has warned that his special that his panel would vote to hold conway in contempt if she ignores the subpoena yeah once again i mean the, the this is the pattern that just got finished saying that the trump white house on any issue not just uh the russian investigation is just going to ignore uh any kind of embarrassing testimony uh by any uh, trump officials advisors or aides uh, and try to make it seem as though the democrats have crossed the line and they've lost sense of their sanity uh and are just pursuing this witch hunt against donald trump that's what the republicans are up to uh, and they're trying to force this uh, issue into the courts and uh, just delay the any kind of investigation into wrongdoing by the white house interesting tactic to take uh, an extremist tactic by the white house that of course obama didn't uh, play this game but there was a constant parade of obama uh, aides and officials coming before congressional here uh, committees during the what was it 2015 2016 benghazi was investigated uh, se- several times hillary clinton was forced to testify so uh yeah donald trump's taking this in a whole new direction and clearly he's convinced that this is politically the best tactic for him to take it fires up his base and this is the whole notion of who's paying attention d uh swing voters paying attention i have this feeling that there's just this large mass of voters who are just not focused or fixated in this and just sort of hearing distant rumblings of it all and go oh they're all bad they're all bad and uh, that's what uh, Donald Trump is hoping for, that uh, on one hand, he fires up his base. and the other hand, he's sort of just the, the general mass of independent voters and swing voters loses interest. And finally, because I guess all of the crazy actual events currently happening at the moment isn't enough, some make-believe news here. Ben, I think you'll like this, though. In an interview yesterday, USA soccer player Megan Rapinoe was asked if, if... If meaning uh, it may not even happen, if the USA women's soccer team were to win the World Cup, would the team visit the White House? Rapinoe said, quote, and uh, I'm going to clean it up here a little bit here. Uh, 
<laughs> I'm not going to the effing White House. <laughs> Is what that lady said. Uh, now, of course, because this is all hypothetical, this yeah. is right up President Trump's alley. All right. Remember, this is the guy who uh, built his entire campaign in 2016 on a giant wall that doesn't even exist and got people who live nowhere near the border to care about it. Donald Trump fired back on Twitter. And I do have Donald Trump's Twitter feed open in my browser. Just let me click over there and check it. And we will read the tweet. One second. Okay. We're on Donald Trump's Twitter page. Let's see here. Okay. And who knows? Maybe after uh, this, Middle America will be into soccer finally. Here we go. Women's soccer player at M. Pinot just stated that she is, quote, not going to the effing White House if we win, other than the NBA, which now refuses to call owners owners. Please explain that. I just got criminal justice reform passed. Black unemployment is at the lowest level in our country's history. And the poverty index is also best number all caps ever. <laughs> wow, well, stream of consciousness. There, I'm not done. Dog. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Leagues. Wait, is there only 140 characters? It doesn't matter. Leagues and teams love coming to the White House. I am a big fan of the American team and women's soccer. But Megan should win first before she talks. All caps talks, exclamation mark. <laughs> Finish the job. We haven't yet. Invited Megan or the team, but I'm now inviting the team. Win or lose. Megan, oh, this is really long. <laughs> Megan should never disrespect our country, the White House, or our flag, especially since so much has been done for her and the team. Be proud of the flag that you wear. The USA is doing great. Oh, wow. It's just That was stream of consciousness. You know, he went, he started, off, he started off complaining about the soccer player and then he went off on the NBA rant. Uh, and then the whole owners thing. We talked about that last week. Didn't we remember, D? We were talking about that. Uh, DeFron Smart was in the studio. We were talking about the whole issue of whether you call them owners. Uh, and anything he can, he, he really, I got to give him credit. He just has a sense of what, what really annoys uh, his uh, his supporters and the whole notion of black athletes uh, speaking up for on issues of civil rights really annoys Donald Trump and Donald Trump supporters because you know they should be happy that they're making lots of money apparently and they should just ignore everything that's going else everything else that's going on in the country so he's got a really fine sense of what uh, will work with his uh, supporters so that was a stream of consciousness uh, rant from Donald Trump uh, covering all bases including tying it all together by somehow saying uh, not supporting him just not going to the white house to visit him is disrespectful to the country as a whole uh so there you go wrap it all up by the way did he denounce dan hampton the former bear who did not show up for uh to visit obama when the bears visited i'm just curious i'm looking i'm looking no 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 interesting it's only disrespectful to the country when an athlete uh from like the center left does not show up for donald trump's uh, presidency. Isn't that interesting how that goes? And, and uh, guys, we're having live stream issues. I think we're good now, though. Uh, the computer just logged off and restarted again. So I think we're good now. It's back up and running. Uh, so uh, if you're listening to the live stream, sorry about that. And uh, download today's show and listen to the first uh, half of that, I guess. All right. Of course, we'll keep you posted on these stories as today's program rolls along. And coming up after this short little break, we're going to find out what's going on locally. People don't go anywhere because coming up next, we are going to find out what else is news? It's the Ben Jarofsky Show.
Hey there, producer Dennis here. Thanks for finding and listening to the brand new Ben Jarofsky Show. All right, so here's how this works. The Ben Jarofsky Show live streams on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m. Once the show is over, you can listen to the replay on our YouTube channel, or we throw it online for you to download by 4 p.m. Where can you download the Ben Jarofsky Show, you may be asking yourself? Well, you may be asking yourself a fantastic question. You can find previous Ben Jarofsky shows and guest interviews through several outlets. The Chicago Sun-Times Online, chicago.suntimes.com. The Chicago Reader Online, chicagoreader.com. And wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, pick one. Just search for The Ben Jarofsky Show. J-O-R-A. V is in victory, S-K-Y. So, let's recap. Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m., live streamed on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel and downloadable by 4 at chicago.suntimes.com, chicagoreader.com, and wherever else you listen to your favorite podcast. Yes, the Ben Jarofsky Show is back. We're live and downloaded. Tell your friends and enjoy the rest of the show. so funny <laughs> i just thought of what <laughs> nothing watching you run out the door I'm like, ah! welcome back to the ben jarofsky show live from the chicago sun times all right yes indeed we are it's live streaming things happen sometimes that uh, you can't plan for all right before we get to that uh, local news we have our special correspondent our special rolling stones correspondent we got him in the news don't worry i oh. got him in here i got it all set up all, all right? right oh sorry so throw, throw it to me throw okay. it to me okay Give me the ball. All right, hold on one second. Oh, I tried doing that last time. You're running out the door. Give me the ball. All right, here's the ball. Thank you. We're All about right. to find out what's going on locally. It's time for what else is news. Welcome to Chicago, Eric Trump. <laughs> More on that in a moment, but first. That's disgusting. It's, it happened. More on that in a moment, but first. Okay, Mick Jagger, you watched the Chicago news before you performed. We get it, all right? Tuesday night, Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones performed at Soldier Field. They performed twice in the city. Their first performance was Friday. During that show, Mick Jagger cracked an Alderman Ed Burke joke saying, quote, <laughs> like he knows who this is, saying, quote, I'm sorry Ed Burke couldn't be here tonight. It's funny because he was just indicted. Well, last night's performance was chucked with Illinois references. Both J.B. Pritzker and Lori Lightfoot were in attendance. Did Lightfoot yell out requesting they play Todd Rundgren? Well, we're about to find out because for more on yeah. that, we have our Sun Times slash Ben Jarofsky hey, show technical right. producer, Brian Ernst. He was actually at the Rolling Stone show Tuesday nights. So we figured, what the hell? Let's throw him in to talk about it and fix our live stream issues. <laughs> Two birds, one stone there. Welcome, Brian Ernst. Yeah, very well done. <laughs> That's it's been a very entertaining show, folks. I wish you could have seen Dennis run out the door. Anyway, Brian Ernst around here is known as as the brain because he like figures everything out but last night you took a, a bit of a vacation from uh, helping us figure out how to run our show oh, i was texting him last night uh, during the whole thing i'm just joking. Uh, and uh, <laughs> without getting permission from dennis or myself uh you went to the rolling stones concert i did i did i did all right so uh, what were all the political references mick jagger is suddenly a student of chicago politics apparently and i heard all this from my Brand beautiful uh, upper stage left nosebleeds obstructed view uh, seat that I had. Uh, he, Wait, time out. You had an obstructed view seat? I bought them on Monday. Okay. Last second. It was a last minute decision. We had to do it. And uh, so let me just ask this. So you, how much did they cost? 
I think through StubHub afterwards, you got your fees. We were still paying 200 bucks a seat. Dang, man. You must love the Stones. Uh, that's, this might be the last chance to see them. So uh, it's like uh, yeah. this, this. This is their 57th year. I believe. 50, and Dennis will now refrain from saying, this will be the last time. Sorry. Uh, and uh, <laughs> my mother and father like to remind me, uh, the last time I saw them was in utero. Oh. So it's been uh, approximately right? 30 years since I've seen the Rolling Was that Stones. here in Chicago? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't have a great seat for that concert? That was obstructive view as well. <laughs> it was. Oh, but you know, he's got a million of them. Catch Ben at Zany's this weekend. That was great. Try the veal. Uh, yeah, try the veal. Uh, all right, so you had a, what was obstructing your view, by the way? Well, so we were like, so stage left up is kind of like the, the hanging speakers and a little bit of the screen. So we were pretty much like directly to the side. <laughs> But I'm like, I'm not uh, paying more. Yeah, no. <laughs> we can't do it. Yeah. All right. We can't do it. But you could hear, was it the sound? Oh, good? sounds great. Sounds great. So uh, I came out, uh, they opened with Jumpin' Jack Flash, and they played a little bit. And then about a quarter, third of the way through the show, he started thanking the special guests that were in the crowd. He mentioned Lori Lightfoot in attendance. And uh, when he mentioned the governor was in attendance, half the crowd booed, half the crowd cheered. That's bizarre. Now, yes. in... Uh, oh, wait, time out. When he he mentioned Lori Lightfoot, did people boo? Uh, people cheered, and then he just wanted to say, uh, I think you're going to do a great job, and he wanted to know what she was wearing to the Pride Parade next week. Wow, so he had it all down. Somebody yeah. is clearly in, uh, prepping him for these. Uh, what if he does this city by city? I what, mean. Where, what, do you know where he's going next? Uh, I don't know where they're like going Like, he next. probably knows, like, the mayor of every town. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, well, I went to thank Mayor de Blasio. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, so, um, uh, so... So people didn't boo Lori Lightfoot. No, no, no. It felt like it was pretty even cheer. Even but cheer. But you just noticed it as soon as he mentioned Pritzker. It, it seemed a little different. And do you have an opinion as to why people were booing? I have no idea because as soon as he started mentioning that, he just signed the bill that weed's going to be legal. Everybody cheered again. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah. know. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. That, I, I think there's a knee-jerk reaction that people have uh, to boo a politician at a sporting event. Rom used to say it because he would always be booed. Well, especially was, yeah. the governor because this guy was in charge last time. Yay for our teachers. <laughs> Yay for our teachers. Bruce Rahn. Yeah, yeah. Everybody would have been booing. That's a knee-jerk I mean, it, yeah, but uh, Bruce Rauner was against the legalization of marijuana, so uh, you could you could see why if you're in a Rolling Stone concert, my guess is most of the people at the Rolling Stone concert uh, would be for the legalization of marijuana. So anyway, so when he said that Jay, he made reference to... Yeah, he like, congratulated us, blah, blah, blah. He's like, January, you guys are going to have a good time. And he kind of made a little sniff noise, and he's like, I feel like a few of you are ahead of me. <laughs> uh, by the way, was that your Mick Jagger imitation? There? No, it was not. <laughs> okay. It was not. Uh, and that was, it was sliding there. No, uh, no. And uh, so any more uh, political references? Uh, that was pretty much it. He did mention that uh, that Chicago's near and dear to them because of the first time they were ever in a recording studio in the United States was in Chicago. And, and then I don't know if my numbers are correct, but I think he mentioned it was their ninth performance at Soldier Field and maybe their 29th or 39th performance in Chicago wow. in their 57-year history. And, so. and for 10 trivia points, uh, Dennis, what uh, recording studio was that that they first recorded in here in the city? Uh, the Sun Times Studio. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Chess records. All right, now we uh, time right here in this uh, studio that Brian Ernst built. Uh, Do not give me all the credit for that, Sean. As well. All right, Sean. We know you had a hand in this as well. Uh, so uh, that was it for political references. The crowd seemed to enjoy it. Uh, your overall ranking and rating of the concert, even with the obstructive views. Ooh, let's see. It's tough stuff. I mean, I got to give it a 10 out of 10. I mean, it's the Stones. Even if they're terrible, it's still the Stones. So you got to go oh, for it. And we got to ask you the question that was uh, yesterday. Oh, so, yeah. Okay, yes. so we got to know here. So, uh, well, first off, Ben just 
put uh, Mick Jagger on blast saying he's a terrible <laughs> dancer. But I, no, I, the exact quote is he can't dance. Let me get my you know script here from yesterday. Do I have it from yesterday? I don't know, but I think I know what it is. Mick Jagger, is he, based on the, the things he does on stage, is he a dancer, a prancer, a gyrator, or a strutter, or a new one? He's a stryrator. Stryrator. <laughs> I think that's what we're getting. <laughs> yeah. mm, so he struts and gyrates. I think that's what it is. So you think it's unfair of me to hold him to standards of dance, tr- traditional? That's, that's, I think so. Okay. I think that's fair. So in other words, uh, th- there's a whole story about this I won't bore you with, but Mick Jagger uh, watching James Brown. Oh, they were you. both <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, I will not tell the James Brown Mick Jagger story. He started imitating James Brown as soon as he saw him, and then it was a poor imitation. And ever since then, it's downhill. But uh, overall, you give it a, a good a thumbs up, then. That's good to hear Absolutely. it. And then the winner of the night's definitely Ronnie Wood. I mean, looking the best, sounding the best, still got the most energy out there. I mean, Ronnie saves it. So credit where credit's due. Ronnie Wood staying strong. Yeah. Uh, that's Dennis's favorite, Ronnie Oh, Wood. yeah. I was going to say, now Ronnie Wood, just work on people knowing who the hell you are. <laughs> and know the, the Richards and Mick Jagger. That's and, the first time I've ever heard that guy's uh, name. Remember yesterday's trip? Give it to question? Ronnie and Charlie. Uh, very good. You got Charlie right, Come Charlie Watts. Dude, you paid $200 to go. I hope you know. <laughs> For obstructed view. Yeah. But as I said, it was a better view than the one he had the first time. All right. Thank you very much, Brian. I uh, appreciate that. Uh, uh, great reporting about the concert. Now, go back and fix that. Stuff. We're good. We're fixed. Oh, we're fixed. You're All the right, man, Brian. D's got it. D's got it. All right. Brian. Very good. Thank you, Brian. All right. So, uh, moving on here, other local news. The national news has gone local, and our guest, that just joined us monroe anderson can weigh in on this as well this is perfect brian you're the man thank you very much invite us next time <laughs> yeah next <laughs> get those obstructed view tickets i want that last performance from the stones i want to be there all right the national news has gone local the following comes from the chicago sun times a fulton market restaurant employee oh, was taken into secret service custody tuesday after allegedly spitting on eric trump mm-hmm. the son of president donald trump for those who get their trump kids mixed up eric trump is the one who uh, kind of looks like dallas basketball star dirk Nowitzki. Uh, or, yeah, a little bit. Or Very former good. late night host Craig Kilborn. Yep. Wow, good. <laughs> yeah, he's the less bright one. <laughs> the less bright one. And <laughs> Monroe oh, Anderson's in the studio. Oh, ben, I know you kind of ran this bit into the ground today, but it is in my script. Oh, it is in my script, and we got to know for ten trivia points. Uh-huh. How old is Eric Trump? Oh, Eric Trump. Uh, Eric Trump is thirty-seven years old. Monroe Anderson, give it a try. How old is Eric Trump? Ben's wrong. 30, 36. 35. Whoa. Come on, man. We yeah. both in the... <laughs> Well, I was closer. So yeah, what, right. What's the prize? A lifesaver. <laughs> Boom. There you go. Don't eat it on the show. Yeah. The Sun Times article continues. The incident happens about uh, happened at about 8.30 p.m. Tuesday at the Aviary Restaurant, mm-hmm. 955 West Fulton Market. Here's the quote from Eric Trump. Apparently, he gave these comments to no one's favorite, Breitbart News. Quote, it was purely a disgusting act by somebody who clearly has emotional problems. Now comes the Democrat bashing. Quote, continued, for a party that preaches tolerance this once again demonstrates that they have very little civility mm. yeah that's uh, you knew they i saw that quote coming uh from the moment that the uh, it happened they're blaming all democrats for the action of one god forbid you do that uh, uh with the republicans monroe anderson your thoughts on spitting gate uh <laughs> 
how much how, how do we bail this moment out <laughs> <laughs> one more time the views and thoughts of monroe anderson uh, the no, no no seriously that's that's not a nice thing to do they should have just um booed him booed him or gave him the finger or, or something. just <laughs> ignored him uh that's hard anyway yeah it's pretty low the aviary restaurant issued a statement wednesday morning uh they said last night an unfortunate incident occurred between an employee at the aviary and eric trump yeah never mind all this publicity you're getting by the way uh quote continued we did not witness the incident and we are just beginning to learn the details what is certain is this no customer should ever be spit upon we have not yet spoken with the employee. <laughs> i'm sorry that's, just like, that's a great <laughs> policy every every restaurant should adopt that policy by the way what's with the royal we uh we but like everybody get together yeah, right. in a restaurant right. the major d and got together with the uh, cook all, all of us non-spitters are customers uh, we, we have not yet spoken with the employee but our hr team has in the meantime the hr team the hr right. team in the okay. meantime we've placed her on leave we will not discuss internal hr matters beyond this statement all right they're really strict here the aviary all right okay. uh, more broadly the online discussion about the incident is troubling hundreds of people are calling for the demise of our business threatening our employees and posting fake reviews they are wrong to do so based on the actions of a lone individual so too however are those people whoa whoever wrote this is really good at writing so too however are those people uh, wrong who are praising this as an act of civil disobedience we have voices and the means to be heard okay this goes on and on guys go ahead yeah, yeah. So too, however, it's like yeah. like a neat turn of face. So too, however, like, you know, how would you like to have to spin that one? No, I do. It's a tough one. Listen, I'm not in the business of that, so I never. Uh, yeah, that's a tough I, one. I, among uh, my many careers, yeah. How would you have also. done that? You would have. Who would you have thrown under the bus for that one? Right. Uh, obviously, there's one person responsible. The person who did it. Exactly. So. No, she, she's been fired. Period. Uh, well, it in doesn't. The story. I, yeah, that's how you would do yeah, it. Right, yeah. exactly. I, I would say that spitting on a customer uh, would be grounds for firing. Yeah, an right, exactly. I'm I mean, just yeah, that out there. Yeah, and, and, unless he grabbed her by the middle parts or something like that. Well, he is a Trump. Right, father, right, uh, sorry, right. But uh, anyway, you know, it's um, a despicable act. Well, so. No updates as of now as to if the employee has been let go, but we will keep you posted on that. But just like that, you're now in the know of what's going on locally, and now you will have an answer the next time someone asks you, hey, what else is news? All right, well, let me tell you something. J.B. Pritzker. All right. Lori Lightfoot and Mick Jagger all agree. You did a great job, especially today. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. We'll be right back. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture, food, arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. It's Chicagoland's adult entertainment playground. It's the world-famous Admiral Theater, 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. 
The Admiral is homegrown from Chicago, and it's the most conveniently located club in all of the city. 15 minutes from the O'Hare Airport in downtown Chicago Loop. Voted Chicago's best strip club, the Admiral has showgirls galore and a variety of adult entertainment shows. The world-famous Admiral Theater, open every day from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m., 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. For events, showtime, and other information, visit AdmiralX.com. Must be 18 years of age or older to enter. Cirque du Soleil's Big Top comes back to Chicago with its latest show, Volta. Venture into a captivating voyage of discovery inspired by the adventurous spirit of freedom where a surge of action sparks a high-voltage journey. Volta. Playing May 18th through July 6th under the Big Top at Soldier Field. Tickets at CirqueDuSoleil.com. Volta thanks their partners Hennessy Black and Champagne Nicolas Fayette. Hey, playing now at Steppenwolf Theater, the world premiere of Ms. Black for President. It's inspired by the true, that's true as in it really happened, T-R-U-E story of Joan Jett Black, America's first drag queen presidential candidate. You know who created it, D? No. It was created by Tony nominee Tina Landau. Oh. And you know who else created it? No. Oscar winner Terrell Alvin McCraney. You know him, Moonlight. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. For tickets, visit Steppenwolf.org. That's Steppenwolf, like the rock group from the 60s, Hang tight, millennials. (laughs) Hey, welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Yes, we are indeed live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Monroe Anderson in the studio. He's here every Wednesday talking Trump, 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 Trump. And there's a lot of Trump news uh, in the world today right now. Uh, and we already talked about the spitting incident in Chicago, so no need to go over that anymore, although I'm sure Trump will be talking about that for a while. Um, my goodness, you uh, jumped right into things, Monroe, with your Facebook posting, which fired up a lot of Trump people. Uh, Donald Trump, there was a very public accusation against Donald Trump of rape uh, or attempted rape uh, this week. No, it was rape. Rape. It wasn't an attempt. There was uh, no attempt to it. And uh, go ahead. Um, He's, he's only had a hardcore rape charge only once before. That was his first wife. That is correct, okay. his first wife. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so but there are those out there, I'm sure, who think that you can't rape your wife. Wrong. Yeah. No, and uh, so this is a very serious accusation, and Trump has uh, dealt with it in typical Trumpian fashion. Talk right. about this. Yeah. Oh, it was just, you, think he, you think she's my type? <laughs> yeah. You know, like you, I, I guess you have to look like a mail order bride before she's he's the type yeah. that you will rape. I know. I mean, it, 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 that's how he dealt with an accusation of rape. Now, yeah, it, and he had done that. Uh, he's done that on other occasions. He did that with the the woman who said he was feeling her up on the plane. Uh, I forget her name, but anyway, he did it with her, and he did it. Um, with one other woman, where that's how he dismisses it. It's mm-hmm. like she's not my type. Yeah. Why, why would I rape her? Why would I? I <laughs> as though if there, if she were his type, he yeah. would rape her. Yeah. Uh, uh, or at least grab her. Yeah. And uh, so what? Standards are so low now in. No. Yeah, no. This is the problem. This. This is how Trump became president. This is how Trump remains president. Is. He has a scandal a day. You know, anybody during during the election, you know, he, he was such a horrible candidate that if every week 
the media was speculating on how well he's really done it this time, saying McCain's not a hero. He's really done it this time, attacking a, a ghost star family. Mm-hmm. I mean, just on and on. Whereas with Hillary, they had one drum to beat, her emails. And so week in and week out throughout the campaign, it was Hillary's emails. That stuck with people. Trump had your head spinning round and round. Now, as president, Trump has a controversial week. I mean, there are um, the E. Jean, um, God, what's her last name? I've forgotten it now. In, anyway, the, the woman with the latest mm-hmm. charge is a columnist, New York columnist, well-known social media columnist. E. Jean Carroll. Yeah, Carroll. Yeah, E. Jean Carroll. And her accusation with any other president would be d- discussed for weeks on mm-hmm. end. This, this, one, this rape made, barely made it through one news cycle yeah. because Trump has all this other stuff going on. So you can't settle on one. Plus there are 15, at least 15 other women who have accused him of sexual assault on one level or another. So this is old news, basically. Mm. Well, it's I guess it's old news in that, uh, as I said, the vast majority of the Republican Party has decided that they don't care. Right. And so yeah, through all, all all that righteousness and, and morality that they used to claim when when Clinton was president, yeah. when Obama was president, all these things. You remember when. The controversy about Obama was he showed up somewhere in a tan suit. Yes, I remember that yeah, one. Yeah, right, exactly. That was outrageous. Yeah, exactly. Disrespectful are, are the, to the are, are country. The, are the one when, when they went to um, England and Michelle went sleeveless before the queen. Yes. You know, I mean, yeah. just horrible things the Obamas did. But Trump, uh, not so bad. Yeah, not so bad. Right. They just looked the other side. Or what they'd say, well, Clinton did it. Bill Clinton. Yeah. Bill oh, Clinton. Oh, the what about isms. They do that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. What about Clinton? What, what about, about Clinton? Yeah. So right. how, what, how do you deal with that? I mean, you're always uh, battling with Trumpsters. Exactly. So when a Trumpster says to you, well, what about Clinton? And they say it all the time. Yeah. And then how do you respond? Yeah, I just, um, well, I, I can always depend on the two, two wrongs don't make a right. Or I can depend on, I, I, I fall back on, well... Clinton is not president. Trump is. Mm-hmm. So we have to deal with Trump. And they go, no, no, well, he's doing so many wonderful things. And I go, well, what <laughs> wonderful things? <Yeah. laughs> what are these wonderful things that yeah. Trump is doing? Yeah. Uh, one of my Facebookers says, well, you know how to Google. Google it, Google it yourself. Well, did you? Uh, and then I do Google it, and I don't find many wonderful things that Trump did. Trump's entire presidential career has been undoing the good things that Obama yeah. did. Well, I I have to tell you uh, that I struggle with these things on one level. Uh, I would never make it in politics uh, as either a strategist or a politician because I do struggle with these larger issues. 
and uh, the issue of what about Clinton yeah. still matters to me. Right. And and I'll get into this a little later because it gets back into the, in some ways there's a connection to what about Joe Biden, not uh, with his behavior toward women, but his attitudes toward crime uh, and his attitudes uh, toward uh, criminal justice. We'll be talking about that later. Yeah. We'll be going on the line. But when I look back to where the Democrats were in the 90s and how they embraced Bill Clinton, despite all of his mixed record, to put it mildly, yeah. about dealing um, with women. Uh, I, I do recall that so many Democrats had the attitude that Republicans today have, which is that uh, his behavior, his private behavior is secondary so long as he is putting forth proposals and uh, positions that we support. So there is some degree of truthfulness, don't you agree? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I was never a huge Clinton fan. <clears throat> I, 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 I preferred him because the alternative was so bad. Yeah. But, I, but his triangulation always bothered yeah. me. Um, the, the, the fact that when he came into office, um, as governor, he had this... Um, mentally yeah, challenged. Bob, I think his uh, name man. is Bobby Lee Rector. Yeah, right, exactly. That, mm -hmm. And he, he, he could have pardoned him. He had him executed yeah. uh, to show he was tough on crime, yeah. basically. Yeah. Uh, and so I, you know, so I, I never was a rah, rah, rah Clinton fan. Well, I, but, but, but going back to the notion of a, uh, a person whose integrity uh, is, uh, 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 is in doubt. Right. It, Clinton's integrity, there was something about Bill Clinton, his integrity, his very integrity was doubtful. And yet Democrats voted for him. We embraced him. So that, there's, a, there's some truth to the Republicans when they say, what about? Yeah. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't have a problem with that. No, I mean, they do that with Hillary, too. You know, what about Hillary and her emails? And my response is, okay, we'll send everybody to jail, but Trump now, first. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, uh, uh, I, I cannot equate Hillary's emails problems with uh, the behavior yeah, of Donald Trump. Yeah, of course Trump, not. I'm being facetious. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, right, exactly. Or the behavior of Bill Clinton, right, for that matter. Right. Now, Trump breaks all the records. Yeah. He's the king of corruption. Yeah. And he's from, I mean, every, every which way you look, he has some sort of corruption going on. No collusion. And, right, exactly. No obstruction. No, yeah, no collusion. Oh, he did that one, too, today at his press conference. Uh, what's he, that? They did no collusion. They asked him about Mueller in the mm. press conference. This was, I mean, literally I was walking out of the door to come here where this was going on. But they, but they were asking, well, what did he think about Mueller um, coming to testify? In three weeks. And he says, well, um, he doesn't know why, because he already said um, the Democrats just won't let it go. They're jealous because he beat Hillary. But uh, Mueller already said no collusion, <laughs> no obstruction. And uh, the crimes were done by the Democrats, and that needs to be investigated. Yeah. Now, I've not seen uh, the, um, the latest news on this. So is he going to try to prevent... Um, we were talking about this earlier. Yeah. Is he going to go to court to try to prevent Mueller from having he, uh, to testify? He, he didn't say. He was on his way to Japan, and he's having one of his um, oh, one of helicopters those. in the background right. drowned out half the stuff that was being said. 
All right. Now, uh, something else that uh, that he tweeted out today, and I'd love to get your reaction to this. And it was a stream of consciousness. We already talked about this. Dennis uh, recited that before you got here. Yeah. Uh, and it was and it had to do with a soccer player on the women's national team. Who's not coming to visit him? Yeah. Well, they first of all, they have to win the championship. Yeah, right, okay. Right. So there is that little matter. Yeah. Uh, and so it, in defense of the soccer players, they were not the ones who raised the issue. Some reporter asked them, if you win, yeah. will you go? Right. Which is like, well, first we have to win, right, you know. It's right. kind of an unfair question to put them in right now. But, you know, reporters have to ask the tough well, question. Well, if it's going to be conditional, then it ought to be, well, even if they lose, we'd love to have them come to the White House. Uh, this country does not treat people who, quote, unquote, lose that way. Now, if they're the favorites, if, and so if, if they were the complete and total underdogs, if yeah. nobody even expected them to be, make it to the finals and they made it, I'm sure they would be invited but when you're the favorite and you do not win right. uh, you're not going to get invited to anything did you have that uh text uh the the tweet from uh, donald trump i'd love to get monroe's it was a stream of uh monroe's reaction to it it was oh. a stream of consciousness uh where he was talking about uh the soccer team's uh, attitude about coming to the white house and that immediately triggered in his mind the notion that uh, national basketball NBA players don't come to the White of House course. either. Well, uh, and that t- triggered in his mind. Yeah, yeah. It says here uh, um, black other, people in general. Uh, well, yeah, go ahead. He says here, uh, other than the NBA, which now refuses to call owners owners, please explain that. Uh, please explain that. I just got criminal justice reform passed. Black unemployment is at the lowest level in our country's history, and the poverty index is almost best number, all caps ever. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Master Trump. (laughs) (laughs) We show is glad you're not sticking us in prison no more than you are other people. We show is glad that that um, our uh, our unemployment is only twice that of white people. You're so good to us, uh, Monroe Anderson, ladies and gentlemen. He's such, but you see, you see how it was just triggered. You know what I'm saying? Monroe? Oh yeah. You see how that right. just triggered? Right, because he's a white supremacist how many (laughs) just let's go back to the central park five how he paid eighty five thousand dollars for an ad yeah to ask them to 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 say they should be executed yeah and then when it's proven d by dna you don't get that's bulletproof proof uh that they were innocent he still says that they should, should have gone, that they should have been executed. Yeah, no. He, His yeah. latest response yeah. was, well, it was a some people, some sides of whatever, both sides, a both sides argument that he used at Charlottesville. Yeah. Yeah. They, well, they say they're innocent, but there are other people who say yeah, it, they're guilty. By the way, he's selective in that. You never hear him say as to you know his collusion with the Russians. Right. Well, there are those who say, I yeah. colluded with the Russians. Exactly. Right. And then there's exactly. those who exactly. say, I right. didn't exactly. collude with the no, Russians. Well, he does, you know, he does a, bus, a, a both sides there. He says, well, um, our intelligence agencies say that Russia... Um, 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 interfered in the election, but Putin says he didn't. Oh, I believe Putin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I got one and the other. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, all right. So, 
uh, Donald Trump uh, is willing to say whatever he has to say at the very moment uh, to get out of whatever uh, predicament he's and in. It's, everybody, it's always everybody else's fault. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you could say just one time when Trump says, I made a mistake. No. Or I, 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 it's, it's my fault. I shouldn't have done it. Well, it's gotten way. him. The buck stops yeah. here. You know, any, any he did, of that he did it that, that one time uh, with the uh, Access Hollywood bus, but then he just spun it into him just trashing Hillary again. Remember that? Yeah. That was, I uh, do remember that. God, that was four years ago. It killed him. Uh, and then, well, how did he frame it, too? It, I, it, now you're having to go really back down memory lane uh, where he wrestled, he fought it. Uh, he fought as to whether he would apologize and how he would apologize. It was 2016 yeah. when the story emerged in the middle of, I think it was October, uh, the World Series was going on. I have a very def- uh, clear memory of the Cubs were in the World Series when it came out that Donald Trump, the Hollywood Access tape came out, yeah. uh, and uh, Donald Trump had to wrestle with how he was going to respond to that. Yeah. Was he going to deny that it happened? And you know what the response was to... Um, Leak letters, emails. Oh, Podesta's emails. John Podesta's emails. Yeah, that was that was the response. Well, that was which killed the story in the media. Yeah. But he also he did uh, he did a little more than he had. As Dennis said, he had some kind of statement that he uh, released where he. He, he started off by sort of apologizing, kind of, not really, and then moving on to something. I do remember that point uh, very well. And then, you know, of course, that, it said Clinton. Yeah, Clinton yeah. did it, too. They went right into exactly, it. Clinton right, did it, too. Exactly. No, that's, that's not an apology. Yeah, that's no, not a confession. I, I'm with you. Yeah, right. If you, if you, if you have to, it has to be that conditional. Yeah. That instead of just a simple, I was wrong, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, by the way, I don't know if you saw this story. I don't know if we talked about it last week. I can't remember. It was on my mind a lot and we really talk about it that much on the air and that had to do with the the parkland uh florida kid who got into harvard have you been following this oh, one yeah, yeah, and this yeah, is yeah. The, the one parkland student uh activist who emerged from uh the shooting there uh from a year ago who is a conservative and yeah. became a star on the conservative circuit right by because he protected he he said gun control is good no, he I mean, said gun control is not. That, good. Yeah, he yeah, said right, that exactly. we need more guns, and yeah, if the people exactly. had guns, and he right. became an advocate right. uh, for, for sort of the, like the the Republican response uh, to Parkland, right. and uh, he emerged. You know, Donald Trump, I think, met with him, and um, uh, he's he, uh, he's become a star celebrity on the right, and uh, really bizarre. A uh, story broke about a week ago where uh, how Harvard rescinded its um, acceptance of him on right. the grounds that it emerged that he uh, had indulged in some pretty frightening behavior uh, with a couple study mates of his where they were uh, writing a Google Doc while they were studying late at night. And uh, he went on like a Michael Richards rant. You remember yeah. Michael Richards yeah, oh yeah, uh, yeah. from Seinfeld? Right. Uh, where he uh, just went on this rant using the N-word, I think it was like 18 times. Yeah. And, uh, and then also on this uh, uh, very st- bizarre rant about, uh, quote, uh, killing Jews. Yeah. Uh, and Harvard pulled their acceptance of him. Right. Now you talk about bad apologies. Uh, the, the kid said that wasn't be 
said that wasn't me. I've changed. And then he got mad at Harvard for pulling the acceptance. Of course. No, you know what and, I'm saying? And, yeah, right. And, and, you know, he was a kid back then. You know? It was a year ago. <laughs> exactly. Whatever. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Two years yeah. ago. Or, or he, ought to be, he ought to be given a, a people can change. And he ought to be given a chance to change. And, and well, yeah, no, very weird. Well, it, you know, and, and, and the thing is with that is um, in the meantime, Trump has not forgiven um, the Central Park Five for not doing the rape they were charged or the accused and convicted of doing. Well, he's, 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 he hasn't forgiven them yet, but yeah. we're supposed to give, forgive this right. guy. Yes. Yeah. It, it, you know, yeah there's mean, nothing to forgive, right, actually. Exactly, he right. should be forgiving. You know, we say apologize. But it's this notion that apology is not really an apology. And that, you know what I'm saying? It's right. like you turn it into, I was wronged. Right. Right. You were the well, offender. That's, that's white privilege in, in action. That's what it is. I mean, seriously, that's what is with um, because I'm white and because uh, white people don't do bad things like those brown people and black people do. Then if I make a mistake, then it's an innocent mistake. And um, forgive me and yeah. let's move on. Yeah. I'm not even sure that qualifies as a mistake. I know it was. It's. It's now, in retrospect, a mistake that right. he did no, because he he's being he, exactly. he got caught. And he's exactly. being penalized. Right. Exactly. But I don't even know like that kind of behavior uh, on a Google Doc on on both fronts shows sort of like something's weird going on in oh, there. Oh, it's called racism. Yeah. <laughs> That's easy. But yeah. you know, but if racism is natural and normal to you, then. It's nothing wrong until you get caught, and there and there are consequences, you know. Because um, I, I've I've been called nigger a few times in my life, and um, and I've seen people just shrug it off when they when they did it, and and um, I've I I gave them a, a confrontational look. I was like, mm, you know, have, have has it ever happened in like your adult official capacities? As a reporter, or as a spokesperson, a mayoral spokesperson, anything like that? Not to my knowledge, no. So never. Uh, that's what I meant, just yeah, to your right. face. Yeah, not to my face, So this no. is back in the Gary days, or well, in, or in Indiana, 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 Indiana University. Days. Right. <laughs> you survived I, Indiana. I was walking, I was walking down the, the, the campus one night, uh -huh. and somebody just yelled out the car at me, nigger. <laughs> Another time, I was in, in Chicago, in, in the... Um, the the district um, where everybody goes along um, Rush Street. Uh -huh. I guess it's a Rush Street. It's called. Yeah, Rush Street. Yeah. It is called exactly, Rush Street. Exactly. <laughs> I was in traffic yeah. mm -hmm. along Rush Street. Mm. And um, this, this woman was driving and tried to cut me off. And I didn't let her cut me off. And so she, 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 she was in a convertible. And she, she yelled, nigger. Yeah, just like that, though. I mean, it, it, it's happened, but no, not in an official, in official capacity. capacity. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, anyway. Oh, and lots of letters. You know, when I was a columnist at the Tribune, I would get those type of letters. Yeah. Um, when I was a uh, columnist at the Sun-Times once or twice. Mm -hmm. um, what about now? You're always aggravating. You're always uh, dueling and, and battling Trump supporters yeah, on Facebook. Yeah, not the N-word, although... I did have some um, CPA in the suburbs um, who was on on um, on one of the right wing sites that I was mm -hmm. trolling. 
who who said I was an affirmative action. The only reason I have I've, I have everything I have is because of affirmative mm. action. But he didn't call me the N word. But he may as well have. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Monroe Anderson in the studio. It's Trump, Trump, Trump talk. Micah has entered. We're going to take a break, bring uh, Micah on and sort of broaden the conversation a little bit. Get Micah's thoughts on Donald Trump's attitudes toward the soccer team coming to the White House. I don't know if you saw that one. Uh, Monroe is just wants to one more time extend his thanks and appreciation uh, to Donald Trump for all the wonderful things that he's been doing uh, for black people. You're welcome, Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no collusion. Hey, yeah, I, 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 I didn't have much to lose and, and I lost that. <laughs> That's Monroe Anderson. We'll be right back after this. Androvsky Show is supported by the Northwestern Summer Writers Conference. Now in its 15th year, the three-day conference held in Chicago features a diverse array of workshops, speakers, discussions, and readings. Learn more at sps.northwestern.edu slash writers. Today's Ben Jaromsky Show was brought to you in part by Chicago Architecture Center. Get to know your city on one of Chicago Architecture Center's 65 walking tours. Hear the unforgettable secrets and stories behind Chicago architecture from our expert docents. Book your tour at architecture.org slash tours. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm actually on a tour right now. Oh, wow. Look at that building. And for the record, I love puppies. Did you know that 40% of the people in Illinois opt to be cremated? Well, it's true. And Chicagoland Cremation Options honors their wishes by providing cremation services directly to the general public. Chicagoland Cremation Options provides an affordable, ethical, and easy cremation arrangement, whether in person or online. Save thousands and streamline the process by going directly to Chicagoland Cremation Options. It's a family-owned business operated by my good friend, Douglas Klein. Here's how you reach them. ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. One more time. ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. Com. All right, everybody. Hour number two of your Ben Jarofsky show for Tuesday, June 26th is moments away. But before we get into that, we would like to thank the following unions once again for jumping on board and helping bring back the Ben Jarofsky show. First up, the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, and the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. Big thank you to those unions for jumping on board and helping bring back the Ben Jarofsky Show. And, of course, today's program is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Hour number two, let's go. It is Wednesday, June 26th, and live from the Chicago Sun-Times, Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. this hour of the program we still got monroe anderson in studio and we welcome back jacobin writer micah uterich and now your host did you ride your e-scooter today no ben? i did not ride my scooter oh, man shucks. 
Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Yes, indeed. I've been uh, crusading against those scooters ever since about a week ago, right, D? We were walking back uh, from, uh, we were walking to the train. We saw all these scooters. Man, these people can't even ride a scooter. They're right <laughs> down the sidewalks. It's even worse in Los Angeles. They're all on the sidewalks. They're so bad, they know they can't ride uh, on the in the streets because it's a lot more dangerous out there with the traffic. Uh, and uh, so they're on the sidewalks where they definitely shouldn't be. Anyway, don't get me started on the scooters. We got Micah sitting here. Mike is a big scooter lover. Before uh, <laughs> I'm pro scooter. I take a soft line on these scooters. I think they're good. They should be owned by the public, though. Oh, wow. We can have that <laughs> debate. Right. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. Monroe's ready to weigh in, too, on Scootergate. Uh, but before we get to Scootergate, what you got for me, young man? Oh, I can't wait for Scootergate. All right, everybody. We have an update here. But before we do that, Ben... Micah, Monroe, what do you say we take a trip back into time, huh? Oh, okay. Tonight marks our first 2020 Democratic presidential candidate debate. Tonight's part one. Yes, there's so many candidates in this thing. They had to divide debate number one into two parts. That is correct. Don't get confused, everybody. With all these Democratic candidates, it really does remind us of the 2016 Republican primary election, where at one time, I believe, 17 mm-hmm. Republican candidates were running, including the winner of the whole thing. And holy crap, I still can't believe I say it every day here. Donald Trump. <laughs> Good Lord. And since we won't have any audio to play until tomorrow, let's just have a good time, maybe a good laugh, and play some highlights from the 2016 Republican primary <laughs> debates, huh? Uh, it was so much fun when it was in, going down in real time. Right on. This could be a foreshadow into tonight, all right? So let's go ahead and play it. Shout out to CNN for the audio here. Uh, 90 seconds of the 2016 Republican primary debates. Okay, get Trump it. says we ought to close that internet thing. Randall. Donald, you know, is great at, at the uh, one-liners, but he's a chaos candidate. And this is what it's like to be on the floor of the United States Senate. <laughs> Endless debates about how many angels on the head of a pin from people who've never had to make a consequential decision. Donald, uh, you're not going to be able to insult your way to the presidency. It's actually oh, yeah. <laughs> merciful if you go ahead and finish the job rather than death by a thousand pricks. So you are okay with the deaths of thousands of innocent children and civilian. It's it's like, you got it. So when you ask yourself, whoever you are, that think you're going to support Donald Trump, think, do you believe in the Constitution? They can kill us, but we can't kill them. That's what you're saying. If you want something talked about, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. Well, I think if you're in favor of World War III, you have your candidate. Virtually the entire early portion of the debate was Trump this, Trump that, in order to get ratings. Well, Mr. I Trump, guess. if you've gotten to know him over the last three or four days, he has a wonderful temperament. <laughs> He's just fine. Don't worry about it. Ted, you support legalizing people who are in this country illegally. That for Marco to suggest our records the same. It is like suggesting the fireman and the arsonist have the same record because they're both at the scene of the fire. Are you ready to reassure Republicans tonight that you will run as a Republican and abide by the decision of the Republicans? I really am. (laughs) There we go. Cool music and all. Uh, yeah, I really am. I remember. Uh, Those were the days, my friend. Oh my I'm, I miss Jeb personally the most out of that whole bunch. Uh, we never hear from Jeb anymore. Nah, nah. After he got smoked, he just disappeared. I don't even know what he's doing for a living. I, you know what? He's fine. He's don't, fine. Don't worry. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have to worry about him. But he's still low energy. Uh, yeah. Can't fix you know, that. I, I, I didn't see, uh, Dennis, what you were playing. So I don't know. But there, was, there was video to that as well. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So uh, I have to be conceited. I 
couldn't tell who was who. I couldn't remember. Micah, could you actually remember? I remember. You, well, you, everybody knows when Ted Cruz is talking. He yeah. has a very distinctive voice. He's number two. We don't hear very much from Ted anymore. He had to grow that beard, remember, to try to get some attention yeah. on the media again. And well, he, he's, he's, he is hooked up with AOC now. So. Oh, that's well, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 On one, one issue. What was it? Yeah, yeah. What was the issue? I, I'm trying to remember now. Did you he actually, announced that he's a socialist now. No. Yeah, no, right. wow. There you go. Starling, I am a socialist. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember what the issue you know, The criminal it, justice firm? I'm not sure. It was one of those things that she was in favor of, and he says, I've been forgotten. I gotta, I need to do something so yeah, people right. remember that I exist. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, uh, that was a glorious uh, walk down memory lane. Did you watch that stuff, Micah, in real time? At the time, of course, yeah. Who wouldn't want to see the, you know, the royal, the battle royale, the royal rumble of yeah, all, of right. all see, dozen and, and a half of them or however many yeah. it was. And it's too bad it's not TV because one of my favorite um, excerpts from that is when they were calling them out onto the stage. And um, they were getting all mixed up as to who should come out, and tr- and and and, and uh, Uncle Ben just stood there looking <laughs> confused, <laughs> and, and Trump was standing around looking like, "Well, what do I do?" Yeah. And in the meantime, the other candidates would walk by and push him out of the way and tap him on the shoulder. <laughs> I have a uh, confession. I wrote down from memory as best I could the candidates who ran in the Republican uh, primary for president uh, in 2016, and I did a pretty good job i forgot that ben carson had run i just forgot that ben carson ran for president all, all he has the very distinctive voice he's the one who sounds the most asleep of right. the whole bunch right you, yeah. think, you think jeb yeah. is low energy yeah. but well, you he, think he, that he, he might he, be talking right. in the middle of a dream yeah. or something he, he has that bedroom whisper yeah. uh, oh. <laughs> i don't like thinking about that <laughs> well here you go uh as long as uh, who from the debates actually got a job in the uh, uh, Trump White House? Micah, for 10 trivia points. There's Carson, who's the Secretary of HUD, right? Yeah. And um, the governor of Texas. Very good. Rick Perry. Rick, Rick Perry. Perry. Yeah, yeah, right. Who exactly. could not name, who the, could 30, name the three, three departments? The third department. Who wanted it the most? It was uh, uh, Chris Christie, right? He really that is correct. And he didn't get it. Well, uh, Jared did it. And I would argue that two others uh, sort of have, sort of have. And one would be Mike Huckabee whose daughter became press secretary. I think she's still technically press secretary. No, she's or she's gone. officially stepped out. Yeah, she's gone. Oh, she did announce it and then, okay. Yeah, they, in fact, they announced a new press secretary today. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Um, we talked about that yesterday, yeah. Yeah, uh, who worked yeah. for uh, right. uh, the First Lady. And right. then uh, Lindsey Graham. I had completely forgotten that Lindsey Graham was a candidate at one point. Uh, I had a, that's oh. when I did my fact right. check. I discovered that, and I would argue that Lindsey Graham is sort of a, uh, a spokesperson for yeah, the, now, the Trump White now, House. Remember, uh, Trump released his cell phone number, Graham's uh, cell phone on number. the, the debate. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> he told everybody, okay, "Give him a call. <laughs> he wants oh, to hear man. from you." That's a nice trick, Ben. If you have anybody on here you really don't like very much. Oh, yeah. 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 Drop okay. their cell phone. All right. So show. before we get yeah. into uh, the debates, we'll, we'll, we'll be talking about the debates, what to expect. Uh, Micah, let's um, let's talk about what went down in New York yesterday. Uh, the, uh, most people may not be aware of this. Uh, so there was a significant election, election there in New York City having to do with criminal justice. 
justice talk about it yeah there was an election for the uh, district attorney in queens the borough of queens which i saw that chris hayes pointed out online has more people living in queens than i think 16 states so yeah. there's a very large number of people who are going to be affected by this and she's part of that wave of progressive district attorneys around the country or, or progressive prosecutors quote-unquote people like Kim Fox and here in Chicago are talked about in that uh, in that as part of that wave, but also Larry Krasner in Philadelphia, and she ran on a very bold platform. I mean, talking about decriminalization of sex work, of not uh, arresting people for quote unquote crimes of poverty, things like hopping the turnstile to get on the subway in New York, and she was endorsed by all kinds of progressive groups, the Working Families Party, the Democratic Socialists of America, who played a big role in her campaign. So it's uh, it's quite a victory. Uh, this w- woman who I believe is uh, 31 and you know identifies as a- T- Tiffany. Tiffany Caban, who, mm-hmm. a queer woman uh, from a, a Puerto Rican background. And uh, she, she it's, it's, she's ahead by, I think, a thousand votes at this point, and there's still some mail-in ballots, but she's declared victory in the race. And it, it has the potential to be a really transformative uh, DA ship uh, in terms of her not attacking people for these crimes of, of poverty and, and, and you know, decriminalizing uh, and, and, and scaling back the worst of the carceral state, right? The prison industrial complex and all of that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, again, let's just, this is a Democratic primary. Uh, it's a very close outcome. So uh, the write-in votes have to be counted. So it's she is declaring victory, but that, of course, does not mean absolutely that she will emerge as the victorious and, candidate. And if, if, she, if she gets in, there goes the broken windows philosophy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the broken... Let's talk about that. The broken windows philosophy was so... Po- if things have changed so much, Micah, uh, it, I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm having fun with this to a certain degree uh, because that what is now... Con- Considered, you know, the like the mainstream view almost of the Democratic Party is so radically different than what the mainstream view of the Democratic Party was in the 90s, uh, particularly on criminal justice issues. And it's sort of wrenching for someone who lived through both eras uh, to deal with it. Uh, it, it the, the one at the top of the list, I have to say, is when I see like this, the front page of the Chicago Tribune. Uh, marijuana soon legal as historic bill inked. And it was only four years ago that Democrats were completely running, still running away from this. Mayor Rahm, when he announced he was running for re-election, was against the legalization uh, of marijuana. How far removed from mainstream America or how far in line with mainstream America do you think the Democratic Party is on these criminal justice matters? Well, you know, mainstream America's opinion on anything is not static, right? And so I think we have seen a really warp speed transformation of people's uh, consciousness around all kinds of stuff, around uh, what racial justice means and how how racial justice should be the, at the center of the Democratic Party's uh, agenda, whether or not we should be legalizing marijuana. You think about something like uh, gay marriage. I mean, it really wasn't that long ago that we were having like viciously homophobic, you know, public debates on, you know, a decade ago uh, and versus, you know, now uh, gay marriage is legal and it's, it's it's just sort of accepted around throughout most of America. There's still obviously a lot of pro- progress that needs to be made on that front, but it's become uh, normal and, 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 you know, you're, you're part of a pretty small minority at this point if you think that LGBTQ people don't deserve to be married and have full rights. So uh, people's consciousness changes at really quick speeds. And it's, a, you know, a 
result of a lot of things. It's a result of the material conditions of people's lives, making them more open to uh, more uh, social democratic, democratic socialist type uh, proposals. There's also on criminal justice. I mean, obviously, we've been having for the last few years, the last decade or so, a, a really strong conversation about the devastation that the war on drugs and uh, broken windows policing and all the rest of it have wreaked, especially on communities of color. Uh, and I think that stuff is really trickling down into mainstream America at this point. People are realizing that we cannot keep doing criminal justice in the same way because it's so devastating for so many lives. So I think mainstream American public opinion is really uh, opinion is coming around on, on a lot of issues all at once. And the broken windows theory, just for folks who haven't heard it, is that you, uh, you cannot tolerate any abuse, any violation, any crime. Uh, that even if it's just a broken window, it's a sign, it's a symbol of a larger decay and that you've, you have to crack down on absolutely everything. And uh, so I guess the person most associated with it uh, in terms of mayors would be Rudy Giuliani of New York City in the early 90s. Although when I moved to Chicago in 1981, uh, they were doing roundups, just routine roundups with the same essential philosophy the the police department was in the, 19, the early 1980s. I forget the, the police uh, commander's name who was most associated with this uh, philosophy. I still think it's very strong and prevalent among Republican voters this notion that you should be come down hard. In fact, I think that's what that the basis of the the insurrection against Kim Fox, if you will, the the movement that's occurring yeah, against Kim I, Fox. I saw I saw an anti Kim Fox sign on Madison Avenue on the way here just now. It was somebody handmade they posted it on a tree, and she was a child something. You know, they had a bunch of horrible things that she supposedly is. And it caught my eye because I mean, it was a handmade sign, but it was in plastic and it was stapled to a tree. I think that that kind of, in general, beyond Chicago, just around the whole country, that kind of reactionary you know, law and order uh, kind of mentality, that's always something that can be tapped into, especially at a, just at a time when people are angry in general about the state of society and maybe they just have a kind of vague anger that could go either way you know it could go i mean on the national scale we got like somebody like bernie running who's saying you should be yes you should be angry and you should be angry at the billionaires or you have uh, trump saying you should be angry at the uh, the immigrants who are coming to quote unquote steal your job uh, or in the law and order sense, you know, be angry at these poor people, these black people, these brown people who are, you know, running wild in the street or whatever they want to say. Uh, and so I think it's important for in pushing back for those of us who want to fight that kind of racist and reactionary uh, upsurge in, in in people's politics that we 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 don't say that you're wrong to be angry, but you need to be angry in the right direction. You need to be sort of looking at the people who are really making uh, life uh, miserable for a lot of people in America. And it's not, uh, you know, poor people, brown people, black people. In your mind is uh, Kim Fox victory, what is it, 2016, I guess it was, uh, similar to what uh, is happening in Queens or potentially happening with uh, uh, Tiffany Caban? I think so. Uh, I wrote a profile of Kim Fox for the reader uh, right before the election a while ago. And um, my sense of her, she is not quite as radical as someone like Larry Krasner in Philadelphia or as Caban, as, as far, far as Caban's rhetoric has gone. Um, but she's certainly someone who 
wants to see progressive change happen in the in the criminal justice system i mean i remember at the beginning of the story i asked her like when she was laying out her agenda to me i said you know some people might call this a radical agenda for uh for, for criminal justice in the city of chicago and she said well i'll call it transformative but then people like krasner and caban are saying no we, we need something very radical and, and krasner in philadelphia really cleaned house i mean fired huge numbers of people in the da's office and throughout philadelphia who weren't on board with the progressive direction that he wanted to go in um so i think he has gone a little farther in, in some of those directions but certainly fox is a part of uh that wave and the i think the reason we're seeing these sort of, uh, you know, vultures <laughs> circling around her at this point. I mean, just in today's uh, Sun Times, there's Mark Brown writing about uh, this guy Bill Conway, who's Absolutely. talking about challenging Kim Fox uh, in the upcoming election. I mean, people are wanting to take her out for a reason, and that's because she represents that more progressive uh, criminal justice uh, I, I, agenda. I, I would add to that that they want to take her out because she's black and unapologetically black. I mean. Basically, she's saying that um, I'm not going to arrest every black kid who, who has a minor violation and ruin their, the rest of their lives. So she's taking that position. And in the meantime, the um, right-wingers, the white right-wingers in particular, are like, lock them up. That's where they belong. We shouldn't have given them freedom to begin with. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> before we get into take the deep dive on Jesse Mollett, because I don't think Kim Fox is uh, as innocent as uh, you two are suggesting in terms of how she handled Justice Mullet. I will talk about this forever. Okay, we can uh, talk about it. No, this, we will. Yeah. We will talk about it because uh, this the whole notion of phone calls being made uh, to get the powerful people using the system that way really grinds the gears here in Chicago. That's such a Chicago thing that goes down. But before we get into that, I just want to know, uh, I need some uh, help with the history lesson here. Michael, you were talking about when you interviewed her for the reader story back in 2016, and she and you said some of these initiatives would be uh, radical. What were some of those initiatives that she campaigned on in 2016? Just a, a memory of that? Well, she was talking about a lot of the, you know, the, the suite of uh, what have now come to be, be the standard uh, progressive uh, policies on on criminal justice reform. I mean, she talked about uh, decriminalizing marijuana uh, at a time, obviously, when it was not legal as it now is or is about to be in the state of Illinois. Um, and I mean, she had a, a mix and I, I tried to make this come out in the story. I mean, she, on the one hand, did not want to be sending, you know, 19 year old uh, black teenagers to jail for having a little weed. On the other hand, uh, she did believe in the system. She talked about being a victim of violent crime herself, mm -hmm. uh, sexual assault. Uh, and so she she was somebody who did believe in the criminal justice system as a, a system that would deliver justice to people um, in a way that I think someone like Krasner is a little more skeptical of that just sort of bit, like that that there are we that there are punitive solutions to many of our problems. She was she didn't go quite as far as Krasner in rejecting that, um, but but she did want to see us locking up fewer people and uh, around things like drugs to to, to decriminalize it. Uh, and I think. And the people who are going to come out of the continue to come out of the woodwork who are going to challenge her and the people who have already you know been in the streets in these protests uh, against her. I mean, you know, there's I remember seeing 
headlines about people who are in sort of open white supremacist groups as well as like reactionaries yeah. like the police unions exactly. who are they're and, the and, and then and so the, the challengers sheriffs, and the sheriffs, sheriffs exactly yeah. and the challengers are going to be trying to tap into that sentiment i think right that kind of reactionary law and order they yeah. want to pull us away from the progressive direction and and more towards locking more people up yeah my, my memory of, of the 2016 campaign it was that it was very much uh, a reaction and response to Juanita alvarez and the way she handled along with rom and uh, gary mccarthy Exactly. The Laquan McDonald uh, video. And uh, so I don't recall specific uh, measures uh, that Kim Fox uh, campaigned on. I, I, my memory is that it was a very skillful campaign as you try to avoid uh, these right. larger issues yes. so yeah. that she would not be. Yeah, she's not an activist. Yeah, she's not an activist. Right. She was very much a uh, like a, a member of Tony Preckwinkle's larger <laughs> uh, political operation. And uh, but as such, she had symbolic importance because she was running against Anita Alvarez at the time that there was so much upset and anger over the way official Chicago and Cook County handled the Laquan McDonald shooting. Right. Uh, and so that's why I think it's a little different, Micah, than what I'm seeing here happening in New York, where uh, Tiffany Caban really has like a vision yeah. that she wants to implement in terms of criminal justice. Yeah. And she's not afraid to spell out the explicit pieces of that. I remember Fox talking in a, in a broad way about the, how the tough on crime approach was wrong, as well as the sort of negative critique, the critique of the way that Alvarez's office handled the Laquan McDonald case. But she's not, doesn't have the same like very explicit laundry exactly. list of here's what I'm going to carry out on. on yeah, it's uh, not yeah. as cutting edge yeah. as, as, as they are on the East Coast right now. But it's, it's an it, interesting point. I mean, clearly we're, we can talk about the ways that she has has, has screwed up a little bit on, on uh, in her office so far. Uh, but Taking a, um, a slightly less radical approach does not mean that the, the wolves are not coming for her, you know? Well, like, they're still... It hasn't protected her. It, oh. it, let's put it this way. The fight over uh, Laquan McDonald, the, uh, the arrest uh, of Van Dyke, the bearing of the evidence, the right. prosecution, the treating of Laquan McDonald as though... Uh, well, he was a criminal, so really doesn't matter. That right. he, there's this kind of attitude, and, right. and that's very much still at play, uh, Mike and Monroe in Chicago and Cook County. Yeah, politics. See, and, that and, divide hasn't gone anywhere. Yeah, and it's and, and it's as much race as it is anything. And you know, we pretend that it's something else, and it's all that, but it really is racial. And it's, and and much uh, uh, much of the opposition to her is because she's. An unapologetic black woman. She's a black woman. She's mm -hmm. not a, uh, a a a dark skinned person trying to be as white as she can be, and they they, they don't like that. Yeah. Well, that this 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 battle uh, isn't uh, going anywhere. And I again, uh, here we get to the heart of it. She didn't do herself any favors the way she handled the Jussie Smollett thing, putting it mildly, um, and. Uh, I, at the very get the very start of it, in my humble opinion, uh, and love to get your reaction to this one, Monroe and Micah, okay. when she got the call from Tina Chen, yeah, uh, asking her to intercede to take the case away from the police and turn it over to the feds, she should have said no. She should have said, uh, "This is an inappropriate phone call. Uh, you shouldn't be asking me to do this. You're putting me in a very awkward. If you're, nothing else, yeah, you're putting me you're in an make, awkward. You're making me look like William Barr." 
Yeah, you're making me look like what? And, and there you go. It's called complete. Oh, she should have said that. Do you think I'm William Barr, Tina Chen? It's well put. Although at the time, our, conscious, yeah. our consciousness had been raised right. about William Barr. Exactly. That was pre-William right. Barr. Exactly, exactly. But it was the same position that Bill Clinton put the Attorney General, the Acting Attorney General. Remember that one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what was the Attorney General's name, Micah? You're younger. Your brain's sharper. I can't. Loretta. I'm not sure, but it was around um, sexual assault, sexual health. No, no, no. It was no, talking about the plane. Yeah, yeah. it was on the tarmac. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And uh, Lynch. Loretta Lynch. Yeah. Uh, I always have a problem with that because I want to say Loretta Lynn. Yeah, and right. uh, people my age, there's, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> there's two definitely yeah. different people. Yeah. But, but no, but that's it. Okay, but no, this is also has a touch of OJ in it. Oh, OJ. Orange juice? Yes, exactly. Because, <laughs> oh, the guy. Yeah. yeah, right, because this is the situation. And so I don't have as much problems with it as you do. Uh, with OJ, I did because it was murder. <laughs> but with uh, with OJ, I was upset about OJ getting away with murder. Mm-hmm. But with this Smollett thing, no one was hurt. He doesn't have a record, and so I think making him pay the expense for what the cops had to do to solve his created crime mm-hmm. is punishment enough. Plus, he's lost his career, but. Um, but you have these people who want to throw the kitchen sink at him, and in the meantime, the killer cop basically gets slapped on his hand for Laquan McDonald. Well, that's exactly the point. I mean, it's it is correct that there were these mishandlings along the way, and and that there should be some kind of you know restitution that he has to carry out. But I mean, we're talking about this very bizarre kind of freak incident. In a city where over the last eight years, the CPD has had to pay out half a billion dollars right. with a B right. in police misconduct suits. We were a city that became you know, notorious around the, the Laquan McDonald uh, incident and many other similar incidents that right. we never hear anything about. So there's a real we systemic. Bur- we got Burge. We got Burke. We got, we got all kinds Burge. of stuff here. Yeah. Bur- Burge. Burge. Excuse Burge. me. Yeah. We got Burke suits. Different we B. Also right. Burge. Exactly. But <laughs> different <laughs> B, but same deal. But, <laughs> but the point is that there is a real systematic problem with police brutality in this this city that dates back for forever uh and that is a far more important issue to be tackling than this one freak incident with uh, with an actor and and look how they're coming after though look at this i mean this is not going anywhere uh the special prosecutor is going to be investigating it uh it's going to be a drumbeat Uh, you're right uh, today's story by mike mark brown about this kid bill conway uh who just looks like he comes from central casting uh, oh. for like the upright yeah. uh, prosecutor now, and did, role. Didn't we a few years back have one of those white Hollywood stars do something um, at a Walgreens or something? I can't remember what it was, but there's but a he, long list. You talk about here in Chicago. Yeah, I I want to say it was one of Dennis's favorite actors. Uh, Shia, is that yeah. his name? Shia yeah. LaBeouf? Yeah. yeah. Dennis, right. a huge yeah. Shia LaBeouf yeah. Oh, man. yeah. He's Shia, get it right. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> right. But anyway, he did He did something, and it, it, yeah. it made entertainment tonight or something yeah. like that. That was the end of it. Yeah. You know, whereas this 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 Smollett thing just goes No, this, will, this will not end. Tomorrow, uh, I mean, this week, I will have Andy Grimm coming on to talk about it. It's never ending, and I do think you're absolutely correct. It's getting political. It's a way. Again, it's it's going to be a, a very useful tool uh, in the the continuation of the Laquan McDonald fight. That's to me what this is, yeah. and it, which is a continuation of racial history in the city of Chicago right, right. that 
goes back to the 1919 race riot. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, uh, you know, and I covered for the Tribune, I covered 26 in California for several months, mm-hmm. and I couldn't stand it. Because there was this whole us versus them mentality where you had all the white prosecutors and all these black kids who were under arrest. And the white prosecutors basically had this, um, we're keeping the walls um, to protect us from the barbarians. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was very racist. And it was not a comfortable place for me to be and see this unfold the way it did. You know, uh, one of the prosecutors uh, strutted into the courtroom one day and announces, oh, he has the Saudi defense. And somebody laughs and, you know, I'm looking, the Saudi defense is some other dude did mm. it. Yeah. But they had this whole, I mean, yeah. it was like, okay, well, because he's black and because he came from where he did, if he didn't do this crime, he did other crimes. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to th- throw the key at him. Yeah. You know, was, uh, uh, we'll get into this, the presidential debates a little bit. I saw that there was an article in the paper uh, about Joe Biden's attitude toward criminal justice. And in the article, they quoted Bobby Rush, Congressman Bobby Rush. Yeah. And they're talking about the criminal uh, justice bill of the Clinton years that Joe, uh, Joe Biden was so strongly attached to. It's going to cause him problems, Monroe, oh, my yeah, guy, no, in this coming no, election. I, 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 don't, I don't think Joe's, I think Joe's going to be strike three in your hour. Well, but, but the part that, that uh, again, always like to have people put it in context, what Bobby Rush also voted for the bill. Oh yeah, no. The yeah. black, you know, the black <laughs> yeah, congressman yeah. wanted the bill because they were having problems with crack cocaine in their neighborhoods, and they were getting um, protests from the 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 more um, hill, well hill black uh, constituents. Mm-hmm. You know, they were complaining about yeah. these crack cocaine um, yeah. people addicts. So, so no, that was every, everybody was in agreement on that. Yeah. Until they realized that. Um, a whole industry developed out of it, the, the criminal industrial complex. Uh, there were it, most people agreed on it, but yeah. you know, I mean, some, I mean, some people yeah. did speak out. Yeah, no, no, like, no, uh, I, exactly. You know, the Bernie right. Sanders of the world uh, were speaking out against uh, the, all right. the, the, the crime bill. You know, there were. It's not true that everybody. I mean, right? We're at an interesting point right now because I feel like the, as the societal consciousness on issues like criminal justice has changed people who were in the wilderness during those years who were thought to be just totally bonkers for speaking out and, and not joining the chorus of lock up all these poor black kids. They, this is the moment where they are proven to be right after decades of being in the political wilderness. Uh, and, and the mainstream democratic party to say nothing, obviously of the Republicans has been, been proven very wrong. So uh, I think that's a very important discussion to have about who has the kind of, uh, you know, ironclad morals that have been proven to be, uh, you know, consistent, and on the right side of history for decades now. That is a perfect point to take a break and get ready for uh, the next chapter in this discussion, and that is uh, looking into what the issues will be raised at uh, the Democratic debates that will be taking place tonight and tomorrow. We'll be right back with Mike Guy Monroe after this. Hey, everybody. What you're about to hear are the piano stylings of Jeff Manuel. 
man, listen to Jeff go. Jeff Manuel has been playing piano around Chicago for years. He's played for conventions, for celebrities, played in basement bars with blues bands. He's played at prestigious social clubs, fine restaurants, and in the intimacy of private homes. Book Jeff Manuel at jeffemanuelpianist.com. Don't worry, I'll spell his name at the end of this commercial. You know what Chicago Magazine said? They said that Jeff Manuel is, quote, as comfortable with Chopin as he is with Cole Porter. He's excellent, and his performance is joyous. He offers an elegant stream of compositions and interpretations that entertains the mind, but won't hurt the ears. To hear more of Jeff Manuel's work and to book Jeff for your next event, go to jeffmanuelpianist.com. I'm going to spell it out for you, people. J-E-F-F. M as in Mary, A, N as in Nancy, U, E, L, P, I, A, N, I, S, T, dot com. Take it away, Jeff Manuel. Oh, ben loves that. Piano guy, Jeff Manuel. Every time. Today's Ben Jarofsky Show is brought to you in part by Green Element Resale. It's located at 6241 North Broadway. And guys, it is amazing. Furniture, appliances, lamps, books, clothes, electronics. It's a thrift shop, but it's the only thrift shop in Chicago that helps bring you the Ben Jarofsky Show. So if you are ever on Broadway between Granville and Devon, Tell them thank you and go check out Green Element Resale, 6241 North Broadway, and find more information at greenelementresale.com. Go to Green Element Resale and save tons of money. money. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Yes, indeed. We're back. Uh, Monroe Anderson and Michael Uterick in the studio, and we're uh, getting ready to talk about tonight's debate. Before we do that, D, what you got for me, boy? Uh, we got a quick update here. I know you guys are talking about the debates and all things national news, but we have a local update here. This comes from the Chicago Sun-Times, and who wrote this? Rachel Hinton. It says here, it looks like Tony Preckwinkle isn't ready to ride off in the sunset after all. Nearly three months after a blowout loss to Lori Lightfoot in the April mayoral election, Preckwinkle on Tuesday kicked wide open the door seeking another term as Cook County Board President. Yes, she's running again, Scott Kastrup said, Preckwinkle's political director. He said that at a fundraiser. We're pleased to be doing this fundraiser again, and she's definitely running for re-election for the county board. Gentlemen, your thoughts? Yes, indeed. Micah. I, I got no thoughts. I mean, I, you know, I supported Preckwinkle uh, during the, the mayoral race as the sort of uh, lesser of, of maybe not evils, but of, of choices I was not happy about. Uh, I mean... It's it's fine. <laughs> I don't have a strong opinion about it either way. I I, I got to tell you that uh, uh, I did not view either candidate as a quote unquote progressive. No, uh, in the, the conventional terms of Chicago politics, uh, Monroe, because generally I view a progressive in Chicago politics as someone who is willing to really put it on the line and go after the powers that be in this town. And Tony Preckwinkle and Lori Lightfoot had been absent. This 
uh, from every major fight of the last 10 years. Uh, and so I didn't view the, either one of them as progressive. I thought them as good liberals, you know, good Democrats uh, to, to one degree or another. Uh, so I had a hard time seeing one or the other as a progressive. I was uh, a little, I have to tell you, D, there was such an about face. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm used to this now in politics uh, where politicians you know, change their mind. I mean, we all have the right to change our mind. Right. But that was such an abrupt about face because she announced she wasn't going to run again. Uh, and then she made it clear uh, that she wanted she all of a sudden she's running for a mayor. So it's like she doesn't even want the job. She'd rather be the mayor. Uh, it kind of made me think as though somewhere in the back of her mind, she she was relieved that she lost for mayor, that she never wanted to give up the job in the first place. It's just a, it's a bizarre. Well, it's a, it's a horrible job. Which one? Mayor? Or? Yeah, mayor. I know. Right so why now. would you want right, it? Exactly. Right. Why would you want that? I mean, we're, we, we, we're in debt up to, up to our ears. Yeah. And there's, it, it, there's no obvious way out of this. And uh, so why would you want oh, the job? Well, you would want it. For one of two reasons. One, you either just really like being in power. Yeah, <laughs> or well, two, you have a real transformative vision for the city. You have uh, an idea of, of, of how we can get out of the, 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 all the terrible fiscal situations that we're in through, yeah. through progressive solutions. And, and you're going to be the and one raising to taxes. It. No, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I, I don't know. Maybe the former was more of what was in her mind than the latter. I, I, uh, I, leading me to believe that she never really wanted to be mayor. I cannot read Tony Preckwinkle's mind. Every time I try to interview her, she ducks and dodges and uh, avoids the question. So it's really hard for me to know what's on her mind at any given time. But I come into the conclusion that she probably didn't really want to be mayor. That so many people just told her, oh, you're next. You're going to win. This is it for you. It's, everything has come together at the right moment. And if you're a politician in the city of Chicago, mayor, uh, the, you know, the mayor's seat is the seat. So uh, yeah. she ran for it, yeah. thought she was going to win hands down, and then all of a sudden she was in a losing position. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Two questions. Uh, will the results of the mayoral election affect her run uh, when she runs again for the election? And two, if she would have won the election, would Mick Jagger have given her a shout-out to Soldier gonna, Field? That was the next huh? point I was going to make. That's what we all yeah, want to know. Because that's the other thing. When you're mayor of the city of Chicago, your number one celebrity, Mick Jagger, comes to town and goes, I want my good friend, Cook County Board President Tony Preckwood. Please no, don't no, do the sorry, accent. Mick Jagger. <laughs> We're going to lose all of our British <laughs> listeners. Going to offend them all. Tony, Tony, uh, Tony now when she runs for re-election in 2020, just think about this. We will. The big issue will be the president's presidential race uh, on the local level, statewide. There'll be a fair tax initiative that'll probably have. And great. Jesse White will be running again. <laughs> Jesse White uh, will he be? No, 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 no. He got elected in the last cycle, so he will not be running in twenty twenty. Uh, so I don't I'm think just joking yeah, about age. I, yeah, age. And but since I'm an old man, uh, I can do it. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I don't think um, people will be paying attention to the uh, Cook County Board President's race. All right, Micah, uh, we have big debate tonight, round number one. I'm not going to give you the Dennis trivia question that I gave him to name all the people who are in tonight's oh, round. Lucky Thank you. Lucky you. <laughs> Dennis got that question, and he correctly named two of them. So let's give him credit. That was like three. Uh, there are 10 people running, uh, excuse me, who are participating in the debate. Uh, so what are you expecting in terms of you know, the the, uh, the kind of questions, the issues that will be raising that are important to Democratic voters. Well, tonight is kind of the B-team debate, right, with the exception of Elizabeth Warren. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I'm going to guess that she really, I mean, everybody wants, especially on the B team debate, to have a moment where they can sort of break out from yeah. the pack, some kind of YouTubeable thing, uh, memeable thing that, that, that'll, that'll pull them away from the, all the other contenders. But I think uh, Warren will probably, you know, emerge from the debate. I mean, in some ways it's a good thing for her because she's, it's, it's the B team plus her. And so she's, she's, you know, <laughs> she's B rising team. in the polls right now. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, it'll, it'll be an opportunity for her to not have to be up on the same stage with, uh, Bernie and Biden and, uh, can really make the, make the debate about, uh, you know, shine, uh, putting a spotlight on her progressive, uh, policy agenda. So I'm, I'm going to assume that she comes out of this as uh, sort of the, the, with a, with a rising star continuing to rise. Do you think they're going to attack her? I mean, she, it, when you put it this way, uh, that she's, it's the B team debate. So I will now name the other people who will be on tonight's debate. Uh, Better O'Rourke will be up there. Um, Cory Booker will be up there. Julian uh, Castro will be up there. Tulsi Gabbard will be up there. Jay Inslee, uh, Amy Klobuchar, Bill de Blasio, John Delaney for 10 trivia points. To anybody who tell me what John Delaney's position is? Anybody? No? No? Uh, no look he, look he, under the table. He, he's, he's for capitalism. Yeah, he's for capitalism. <laughs> no, seriously, that's, that's his position. Is that right? Yes. I, I, well, yeah, that'll get you some. Because, it, because <laughs> it, it, running on the capitalism platform um, when the Republicans come after the Democrats as being socialists. Yeah, I see. Then he will stand up as you know, he'll he'll be in there and say, No, I'm a capitalist. I'm a capitalist. Yeah. Well that'll that that I'm sure that'll really work against <laughs> Donald Trump. Uh, he's a former congressman <laughs> right. from Maryland. And finally Tim Ryan. Now Tim Ryan is the Ohio congressman who thought that Nancy Pelosi was too left. All right, remember that. So, he's oh yeah, right. no, no, he, he, he. <laughs> That's tonight's debate. So I right. think you're right when you say the P team. Yeah, no, he, <laughs> he, he's a roll up his sleeves. Um a guy from um, Youngstown. Yeah, he's from Youngstown. He's from Youngstown. I think so. I, um, in that area, I mean, yeah. that 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 steel mill area. Yeah, he well, might not be from. Literally, yeah, 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 literally, but that that old mm -hmm. Rust Belt. I mean, the real Rust Belt area, and. Um, He's the working man's candidate. Well, you've got all these people on the stage with Warren who are polling like, one. I haven't looked, you know, between zero and 2%. Yeah. So you, they've no, kind of they got to nothing be, to they lose. They had to be 1%. Okay, well, yeah, at least 1%. 1%. Yeah, so they're 1% or 2%, literally. Okay, yeah. so they, they've got nothing to lose but to sort of throw themselves, uh, you know, at uh, to attack the front runner. But really, I mean, they would have to attack Warren from the right, obviously, which some of them, it sounds like, will probably do, who are saying that, you know, no, I am the candidate of capitalism. I do believe in markets. Although we should mention, of course, that Elizabeth Warren herself says she's a capitalist yeah, to right. her bone. So right. there's no uh, disagreement on the stage tonight about the, the fundamental tenets of the uh, capitalist, capitalist economic yeah. system. I, I think, that's for tomorrow night. I, I think they're going to go after Biden. Well, that would be smart yeah, at that, this point. I think they're going to go after yeah. Biden because uh, he's not there. Well, and he's so vulnerable. <laughs> look at, yeah. right, exactly. There's, there's yeah, so many exactly. issues to right. attack this guy right. on. Uh, not, not only is he the front runner, but he's been on the wrong side of history of most of the major debates of the, over the last couple decades, right? I mean, certainly on you know questions of... It seems like every day there's some new tape of him coming out where he's like praising segregationists it's totally yeah, right, bizarre right. like and everyone is like joe what are you doing and you know you have to imagine his uh his advisors like being okay you can go out there and just whatever you do just don't praise another segregationist and then he pulls another one out of yeah. his pocket right. yeah and he's been doing this for a long time this is yeah. not something that just came up right? no that, that was part of his 
pride and joy is that he had these hardcore segregationists in the Democratic Party. Yeah. And he was able to go along and get along. No, I, I uh, no, this is Joe Biden. I, I had my struggles with Joe Biden from the get go. Uh, and uh, on this show, invariably, I'm in the position of trying to defend Joe Biden, uh, or at least play devil's advocate. It's really hard, right. Mike. Well, do, okay. do, <laughs> do you remember when he said um, Obama was a clean cut? Yes, I remember all of this. <laughs> I, I've had my troubles. With, I remember he was a, uh, Obama's a clean cut guy. Like, what is that even all about? Uh, but this goes back. this goes back. I mean, Joe Biden when he I first became aware of him as a public figure. Uh, this I, well, he ran in '88 for president, but then he had to step down. I remember all this stuff because a political geek and junkie. Didn't he? Uh, his campaign plagiarize a yeah. speech from yeah, that was Labor uh, Party Neil, in the UK. Um, yeah. uh, Neil Kinnock, I believe the man. I can't believe I remember these things. Yeah. And uh, by the way, has the bar fallen? Plagiarism is what kicked him out. I mean, think Donald Tweed, Monroe, and I were talking about like alleged rape. Uh, uh, Which one? Yeah, uh, yeah. Right. and and. Joe Biden had to give it up for plagiarism. Uh, and, and, and it was... Um, and Gary Hart had to give it up for having a mistress. Yes, and although he, I think he's denied that he had the mistress, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, no, I yeah, but, but, but whatever, yeah. yeah. No, Trump, what did Trump well, deny? He, yeah. he's, he's denied having a mistress. <laughs> so the bar is really falling. Stormy who? Um, but no, Joe Biden has this thing uh, that I've always found annoying. But it's on a comical level, Micah. It, it, it does kind of work. Joe Biden is always the guy that gets along with people. And so when he was running the Judiciary Committee of the Senate back in 1991, and Clarence Thomas was uh, getting his moment uh, for his, to be nominated to the Supreme Court, he was determined to show that he was not going to do to Clarence Thomas what the Dems had done to Robert Bork. He was going to bend over backwards to uh, be deferential to Clarence Thomas. And I have thought that that was one of the biggest mistakes that the Democratic Party made yeah. uh, in allowing Clarence Thomas right. to replace Thurgood Marshall. I go on and on about this, Monroe. Yeah. I just feel the Democrats made a huge blunder on so many levels right. when they uh, allowed that to happen. But it was the way Biden did it. He was, and Micah, it was like, that's how he is now. He's like, my good friend, and right. the, you know, right. I like you, and we get along. And Well, again, it's not reading the political moment. We're at a moment when people are, and they have an appetite to, to fight an enemy. They, they want, you know, whoever that is, as I said before, that could go in a, in a positive way or a negative way, but they're, they're, they're pissed off. They, they think that things are really screwed up and they, and they want to fight. And then Biden is just arguing the exact opposite over and over. And it, to me, it's almost like he, he doesn't, maybe it's because he's been in Washington so long that he just doesn't have a line on what average people are thinking at this point, but he's just sort of rolling out all of the classics <laughs> and people are not asking for the classics anymore. They want something different, but he keeps yeah. insisting like, no, actually, you know, I will, I'm, I'll give you the, the, you know, go and get along. I got friends from all over the place. And I'm like, no, we don't want, we don't want friends right now. We want yeah, but, a little more right, enemies. Exactly. And, 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 and Buttigieg is uh, playing the, age ageism in a very slick way how so he says um we don't want to return to the 50s and nor do we want to return to the 90s 
<laughs> Which is funny because Buttigieg's political approach really is sort of like the Democrats in the 90s. Yeah, I, mean, I know, can, I know. You, can, you can't imagine Buttigieg doing something different during the Clarence Thomas hearings than uh, than Biden did in the 90s, right? I, I, they represent that same kind of centrist, go, uh, you know, I, oh, well, we just need to get past our differences to work towards the common solutions yeah, it, to the, exactly. you know, empty kind of language. Exactly. Yeah. And, and this is, this this practice throughout the years in America um, always ends up in black people getting screwed. Uh, the, the North and the South decided to uh, get back together. You yeah. know, the same guys have the same type of conversation. And so they ended Reconstruction. And the um, okay, couldn't we all just get along? Why do exactly, we got to do this right, whole exactly, reconstruction right, exactly, thing? Exactly, right. Exactly. Let's put our differences right, exactly, behind right, us. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, Buttigieg uh, is tomorrow, so he's on the eighteen oh, debate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's tomorrow. He's not tonight. And, and, and this was lottery driven. Now it wasn't where they 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 actually had a. It a, sure looks like this kiddie, was fixed. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is maybe the kind no. of lottery they got in the NBA to yeah. determine who gets to, uh, somehow or other the Bulls didn't get uh, Zion Williamson. It looks like that kind of lottery. I wondered if the Bulls were going to come up during this uh, segment. Oh, yeah. I knew they had to come up. Oh, come, come on, dude. You know what show you're on. Right? Uh, but all right, so Micah, how's Peter Buttigieg going to get out of this? Uh, Pete, Peter, nobody ever heard of the guy before. Uh, nobody ever heard of South Bend, Indiana before, except a few uh, Golden Domer lovers out there. Uh, and uh, he made himself a name. He was a coming force in the Democratic Party, it seemed. He's a 37-year-old guy. Uh, and now suddenly... Well, well he's very smart. He's very smart. He, uh, he really is. But that's his uh, whole yeah, shtick, yeah, is exactly. I'm a smart guy. Yeah, yeah. he is smart. I um, speak a million languages, he, blah, blah, blah. I saw him interviewed yesterday. Yeah. And he already has a whole spill on racism in America that is very slick. It is very. What? I mean, you know, what was that spill for the last eight years? Right. No, no, I'm saying he he. Or the he, last week. Right. Yeah. No, no. He sat down and he thought about it and he figured it out um, on how to sell it. You know, whether it's in his heart or not, I don't know. Probably not. But but he you know. really did. I mean. The way he talked about he he, he he talked about how racism was systematic and we had to go to the I mean he was saying all the right things for intelligent people um, factoring in racism in America. But then if you watch or listen to these clips from the last week uh, coming out of South Bend around this police shooting of a, a black man in right. South Bend. Oh yeah, I know. I mean people are not, you know, people are the people of South Bend, Indiana are not happy with him. So it could go very badly for him if he wants to give that kind of uh, oh, speech I, uh, during the debates and then uh, well, well, how about how said, about no, what's going on? Right. How about what the people of South Bend, Indiana well, have to say about your treatment no, of, of exactly. racism? Exactly. No, th this is his problem. First of all, uh, South Bend is 20% black. 20, the, I think it's actually 26%, but whatever. Yeah, okay, in, in his yeah. 20s, and mm -hmm. it's 5% of the police force are black. Yeah. And so one other thing. And then the other thing is the guy didn't have his camera on. He should have been fired. Oh, yeah. He, well, he had his camera. Right. Yeah, he was wearing he the camera, but off. it was, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The police officer who did, uh, did the shooting did not have his camera on. Uh, Micah and Monroe will be back. We got to get down to business. Okay. All right, everybody. Hey, check this out. Our friends at the Chicago Sun-Times are offering you, yeah, you, the listener, 
an exclusive deal on unlimited digital access to all of the stories that you love. Unlock every feature, video, and podcast, hey, just like the Ben Jarofsky Show, by signing up now for a digital subscription. For a limited time only, you can lock in our lowest rate yet. I checked. It is only $29.99 for a full year of all the news you need to know. I didn't really check. Stay up to date on breaking stories. Get the deep dives and investigations from Sun-Times reporters. Cheer the big games with the best sports team in the city. Ask Ben what team that is. He'll say the Bulls and go deep inside City Hall with best in-class political reporting. $29.99 for a full year of unlimited access. You really can't do better than that. Take advantage of this exclusive deal now at suntimes.com slash Ben. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Mr. Jarofsky, <laughs> take us home. Yes, indeed. That music means we're almost done. Not done yet. And by the way, that's Micah on the piano. Did you know that, D? Whoa. Uh, yeah, man. The guy can play the Multi-talented. Not, not only writing a book about Bernie Sanders, which we should talk about, your Bernie Sanders book. Uh, bigger than Bernie, his name. I did it right off the top of my head. Oh, but he plays the piano. Uh, and uh, before I ask my big question about tonight's debate also we did you're right we haven't talked muller yeah cannot be a ben jarofsky monroe segment hold on monroe the muller report mike have you read it yet <laughs> I've read it. <laughs> start reading that's a big one yeah. this, uh, this, I, I read about it you read about it <laughs> i it's read actually, all man, about it. any page you go to uh you can go and find some interesting things about the man you elect a president uh and leanne's gonna uh, come into conversation she's got a couple questions she wants to ask or we'll bring her on before we do that do you got an update for us uh yeah i did but uh, i was gonna play another video but i'm trying to figure out this board see that that song i can't figure out how to stop that song and play the video so uh oh yeah man and, hey Where's remember brian the, <laughs> remember that 2016 uh republican presidential primary huh yeah. remember that <laughs> yeah yeah I remember that's all that. it was okay all right very good. So, Leanne, uh, what's your question? Uh, oh. I just have one question. Oh, we got to set it up, Ben. Come on. Where are the radio skills? Now, we have a uh, an uh, editor. Dennis, set it up. We have an editor here on the program. Her name is Leah. She's very awesome. She helps us out tremendously on the program, and it's the least that we could do. We're, we can't pay you. We're broke, all right? We're going to get you a pizza one day. But uh, what we've decided to do here is we've allowed Leah, our editor, uh, her own segment here on the program, a little segment that we call... Leah's last word. <laughs> now that's how you set it up, that's pal. A, that's how a guy went to radio school. All right, here you go, Leah. Okay, and in your opinion, what do you think will be the defining uh, issue of the 2020 presidential race? Will it be the environment? Will it be uh, criminal justice reform? Like, what will it be? What um, kind of, uh, what policy uh, will uh, each of the candidates need to have a really strong uh, idea for for them to win. Well, there are two ways that that can happen. There can be what I think the approach that someone like Biden and many of the other candidates have taken so far, which is to be the anti-Trump approach, to say, look at this horror show that this guy has brought to the White House and to our country. Uh, this, the, all of this is, is madness, and uh, you're just principally running on the fact that he's going to stop all the madness. We're going to bring it back to normal. And in Biden's case, like back to the Obama years, like wasn't that a more calmer, more tranquil time to be an American? Uh, versus someone like 
Bernie or Elizabeth Sanders, Elizabeth Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren, who uh, has not just the anti-Trump vision, but a kind of positive vision that speaks to the the real needs of people in the country. That says that you know inequality is rampant, that you know student loan debt is out of control, that people need, we, we need a change in our healthcare system. It's it's putting forward that is, the issues around you know the the economic struggles that so many average people are facing, uh, and making that a kind of centerpiece of of the campaign yeah you can kind of guess where i fall and which one of those the democrats should take up uh, for 2020 but uh i think that's how it's shaking out so far and we're and there's going to be a lot i think that those that polarization is going to continue to be driven we'll probably see it in in the debates is is it just the sort of uh people uh talking smack about trump or is it putting forward their own positive progressive vision for the future um i think ironically Healthcare is going to be the issue. The same thing that did the Obamacare was this horrible thing four, four years ago. Now it's going to be the issue above all, along with those other um, liberal um, positions um, that, that, that Micah talked about. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, Leah, I have a question for you. Uh, what do you think will be the defining issue for this presidential election? I'm not sure. That's why I asked. No. <laughs> you can't get out that yeah, way. Yeah, cool, man. I like Leah. Yeah, Leah's like, I already she, figured this out. Ben, she's 19 years old. Hey, she man, got a while. She's got a lot of opinions. She heard before the show. Uh, but uh, that was a very polite way of going, dude, what the hell are you talking about? That's why I asked the question. I asked the questions. I don't answer them. Uh, okay. So that's our first installment of Leah's last hey, word. Man, come on now. Wait, she's not done. You got another question? No, oh. uh, sh- the second question is uh, who's your favorite Rolling Stone? Oh, I know like two of them, man. I'm, well, I'm 31. Go. I don't know. That's what I said. No one knows those other guys. Uh, Monroe, can you name two Rolling Stones? Oh, yeah. Mick. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and uh, the guy who's drugged up all yeah. the time. Uh, we'll we'll keep, give you that keep. one. Uh, let, me t- okay, let me tell you a quick Rolling Stone story. Go ahead. Okay. Um, one of my close friends is Sugar Blue. Yeah, the harmonica Yeah, player. right. I'm, 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 the, I'm his his. his five-year-old son's godfather mm-hmm. he played with the stones yes not and the not the kid the father sugar blue for so, 10 trivia points name the song uh, um well it was the some girls album he played on several but the one that i love is miss you thank you and um one of mike's favorite songs yeah and so he he he, he plays <laughs> on that yeah and he basically got paid in cocaine, not money. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so, and I mean, they just ripped him off yeah. big time. He was young. He was 20, That's an old 22. story in the business. Yeah, yeah I know. And so, that's why they called the movie Cadillac Records. Remember that movie? Yeah, right, exactly. So I have mixed emotions because he's, he's almost over it now. Yeah. He's in his 60s. I, and I just have a, a, one time I was driving the car listening to the oldies rock station, which I usually that's listen to. It's just the rock station to you. Uh, yeah. And, uh, old. Uh, they um, they played Miss You, which is this classic from I think the late seventies. Yes, uh, seventy eight. With, with this great uh, harmonica solo in it that uh, is definitely not done by Mick Jagger. And when the disc jockey came back, he said, "Man, that Mick Jagger can really play the harmonica." Right, right. I'm like, God dang, right, man! Right. I don't need to pay the guy. Right, exactly. They didn't pay him the money. Exactly. 
Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. So yeah, no, that's Blue, an old story. Blue, Blue now lives in China. Yeah. He, yeah. That's how far he was away <laughs> right, from exactly, the Rolling Stones. Right. Um, all right, Micah. Uh, so you're writing a book about Bernie Sanders, uh, bigger than Bernie, and the theme of the book, as you stated the last time you're here, is that the movement is larger than just one man. Uh, that said. Do you think that Bernie Sanders has changed the Democratic Party uh, permanently? That uh, this is sort of my theme today, that he's moved the party to the left uh, far beyond anything that I could even imagine as recently as the 2016 election. Well, nothing in politics is permanent, but certainly I think for the next generation, it has his campaign has unleashed these kinds of progressive forces and demands, especially among young people that are not going to go back in the Pandora's box once they've been released. I mean, to me, one of the biggest things about his campaign was not any of the specific policies that he has put out either this time around or in 2016, but just the idea that you can make these kind of very bold demands for things like uh, public health care for now getting rid of all student debt that you can do that and be a serious person in American politics. You can be on the national stage. You can make these demands and, and people will not laugh of laugh you off the stage. Um, you know, that's also been true, I guess, of Trump's <laughs> Trump's campaign from the other angle. I mean, like anything is possible in American politics for better and for worse. So I think that even if Bernie doesn't win, I mean, I think he's still kind of, a uh, even though he's in the number, number two, anywhere between number three and number two uh in the in the polls right now whether or not he wins the white house in 2020 i think that hunger and desire for a real progressive politics a real left-wing politics uh it's being seen in all of these people like aoc like tiffany caban uh like the six members of the democratic socialists of america who are on the chicago city council now uh it's, it's unleashed those forces and we're going to be, we're, we're, you know, in the, in the years and decades to come, that new political generation is going to reshape American politics in a leftward direction. And I think Trump has contributed to that minorly in, in the sense that he, he is so despised that, that those of us on the left have moved further left. To, to counterbalance his mm-hmm. politics. Well, and I agree with that. And I think, you know, in 2016, there were a lot of people, especially young people, but people of all kinds who were maybe said, okay, this Bernie guy's got some interesting stuff to say, but we have to go with Hillary Clinton because she's the one who can actually defeat yeah. Trump. Yeah. That was their main selling point, well, right? Like, you, you can't go too far to the left. We got to find somebody who people will actually vote for to beat this guy. And then, of course, that didn't happen. Yeah. So it's you don't Thanks, go, Putin. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you don't need to go well, but you know Putin didn't convince uh, Clinton to run this kind of centrist campaign to to really sort of run try to hug the center as Donald Trump was you know going well, off the deep end. Okay, okay. Um, my my point is just to say that it is not only the the morally correct thing to do in my humble opinion yeah. uh, to to push politics in this leftward direction, but it can also be a strategically smart thing to do because you excite people about a political vision and it's not just sort of of like the same old centrist politics that we've been hearing from the Democratic Party for several yeah, decades yeah. now. Bernie pushed Hillary out, off the center. He pushed her to the left. Now, obviously, she was a, wasn't as left as he is, and she wasn't as well, left as, as the Democrats have become. Yeah. But, but she was she was she was a long way from where her husband was back in the night. Yeah, and uh, but and it didn't sound legitimate when it came from her. It sounded almost as though uh, she was trying to uh, hurry to catch up with uh, 
uh, Bernie Sanders, which I kind of feel like Joe Biden will sound like. Now, let me ask you this, young Micah. Uh, do you think that they'll attack Joe Biden and the uh, other, other Democrats will start attacking Bernie uh, in, in order to, to, to try to scare voters, play that card again? In other words, he's too, they'll attack him from the right. You know, he's too extreme. We cannot tolerate this. Uh, do you think they'll start uh, raising those kinds of arguments? Absolutely. You've seen it in recent months, right? I mean, I don't know if you saw that big story in the New York Times about when Bernie went to Nicaragua in the 80s. Oh, during the you're going to see a lot more of that. Yeah, right. yeah, I mean, but but what was interesting about that whole episode was, uh, one, there was nothing that was sort of broken that was uh, particularly shocking and, and, and nothing stuck to Bernie. Uh, from that whole incident. It was clearly an attack to paint this guy as this wild-eyed, anti-American, uh, pro-communist dude who's hanging out in Central America. Uh, and instead, we started having a conversation about what was it that Ronald Reagan was doing with the Contras in Nicaragua? Like, why why did Bernie feel the need to go there? And Bernie just ended up looking like somebody who, unlike someone like Joe Biden or or even uh, Elizabeth Warren, as, as, as supportive as I am of her campaign, uh, he, he's been saying, singing the same song ever since the 80s the stuff that he was you know on the record saying about uh, reagan's meddling in central america in the 80s is pretty similar to the stuff he's saying now about the u.s involvement in the war in yemen and all kinds of other stuff so i think it has this this perverse in the eyes of the people who are attacking him effect of actually just proving to people that this is a guy who's been morally consistent who and, and who has not been flapping in the breeze trying to read the political winds but actually has real convictions that he's stuck to I think Elizabeth Warren is going to nudge Bernie out. And because her, not, not only does she have basically the same platform, but she has a plan for these things. You know, she, and, and she sounds fresher than he is, um, although he's been around a while. And the biggest problem, well, two, two problems with Bernie, First of all, because he says he's a socialist, if if he were to win, every ad that the the Republicans ran would have a hammer and sickle on. Okay. And okay. And one last thing is that um, he has not um, accomplished anything as a politician. He doesn't. He doesn't have that many laws or anything he's gotten into play. El Elizabeth Warren has things that have actually happened at, already. Well, on the last point, I'm not sure that's true. I think he has made it a real priority to actually govern, to not just be somebody who's throwing rocks from the side. I mean, the New York Times reported about this, I remember, in 2016, that he was talked about by his colleagues in, in the Senate and in the House as somebody who was actually kind of a master legislator who was pushing all kinds of legislation, both legislation that never had a chance of, get, of passing, but that served the function of making the topic a uh, something that we're talking about in American society, uh, like, you know, public health care system, uh, but also stuff around uh, all kinds of stuff. You know, the, the recent, uh, you know, move, legislative movement around the war in Yemen to try to get the U.S. to stop backing the Saudi forces that are leading that conflict there that's proving devastating or his own legislating around uh, VA care, care for veterans in America. I mean, that's been a big issue of his. So I don't I don't think that that I'm not sure that's a charge that could stick because he does have a, a long legislative record ranging from. But none of he he didn't get any of it on the books. I well, mean, he he you know I mean he he's a great idea man. You and, and I'm not anti Bernie, but I just I, I think Warren is more effective 
and you're getting the, the same package. You know, th- that accusation, uh, which will be raised, uh, whether it can be rebutted or not, is a, a standard response that people have to candidates like Bernie Sanders. And, uh, and that is Bernie Sanders comes at it uh, from an extreme point of view in the, in the conventional wisdom of po- politics in this country. He's yeah. the left. Right. And the left has never been. This is the, how I started the show today. The left has never been in power my whole lifetime. All right, I've been living a long time, Micah. And so always it's the instinctive reaction. Well, you're not, you're not accomplished anything. All you do is complain. This is usually leveled at people like me in the city of if, Chicago. If, if, you know, if, how many trees have you planted, Ben? If, if LBJ hadn't done Vietnam, he would have been considered the left. If you just look at his domestic program. Absolutely, LB, and that's and and Vietnam is everything. in that in that exactly. sentence, Vietnam is right. everything. Exactly, uh, that's the tragedy of LBJ. We could talk about that forever, right. Monroe. But he destroyed. He just effectively destroyed the credibility of all yes. those programs that he's pushing right. with the Vietnam War. And took the money to pay for. He took it out yeah. of the the. Uh, uh, Man, Democrats the are their society. Own, no matter what happens, right. you can de- almost depend on the Democrats to screw stuff. Up. I hate to end the show on a down moment. <laughs> no, way but to go! It's right. a bi party. <laughs> well, can I just say on the on the previous point that Monroe made about the hammer and sickle on every oh, yes. ad? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you're right that they they will do that 100 yeah. uh, percent, and we would have seen that in 2016 if Bernie had become the candidate then. But I think that stuff doesn't stick in the way that it used to for people. I think in part because it has been used time and time again. Uh, you know, we remember in t- 2008 onward, Barack Obama was the socialist, right? The, uh, the if you watch Fox News now, every night AOC and Bernie are on there, and it's like socialism, and it tells you the the stuff that the the crazy scary socialists are going to bring, but then it lists them out. And it's like healthcare yeah. and student lending. You're like, oh, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, Actually, yeah. maybe this whole socialism yeah. thing could be right. could no, be something good. Yeah, right? No, for you millennials, it's not a big deal. It's not going to bother you at all. And I think there was a poll that said forty percent of you think that uh, socialism was fine. Smart generation. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. No. It's, no. It's only forty percent. Yeah. Of millennials. Or yeah. self-identification. Yeah, right, versus exactly, capitalism. Exactly. And, yeah. But you know, but I use. I mean, and I have. I have no problems with socialism. In fact, when I fight with um, right wingers on Facebook, I ask them, um, "Do they know the name of the top ten happiest nations in the world?" And all of them are socialists. So if socialism, and we're, we're ranked number 16 or 17. In terms of happiness? Yeah, in terms of <laughs> happiness. Right, uh, America is, you know, this, this great oh, country happiness. that Trump has created. So it, I don't have a problem I, with that, but there are a lot of people, particularly of my age and white, I, that do. Mariah, i got to tell you, I'm, I almost look forward to, uh, I have not decided who I'm going to vote for in this one, but... The, the notion of Bernie debating Trump. I just, I kind of look for it because they both break the mold in so many ways. Uh, you just look at them. Right. Elizabeth and, debating Trump would be incredible. Yeah, that would be in its own way. But, yeah. but Bernie, just when you just look at Bernie Sanders, he blows up 
every single stereotype you have of a conventional politician. He do, he's rumpled. He doesn't comb his hair. I mean, you know, he dresses like me. You know, it's just like <laughs> it's just impossible for me to think of this guy. As Bernie a, may dress better than you. Yeah. Hey, hey. Yeah. I'm wearing a nice shirt today. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, I see I'm up against a Bernie bro, so I'm just going to be quiet. Yeah, no, he's an Elizabeth Warren guy. So, uh... But uh, I don't know the notion of Bernie. I think, I think one thing you're going to hear is Warren or Bernie Sanders free stuff. You're going to hear the Republicans talk or Donald Trump. They're going to talk about free stuff and Fox News all the oh, time. Oh, they talked about it with Obama, free cell phones, uh-huh. free Who doesn't like free stuff. Yeah, I, I love, love free stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I never see anybody turn down anything yeah. free. Oh, I got, and, I got, and corporations yeah. love it most of all. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, have a, deli- a delicious free lifesaver. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, all right. I got this audio. Let's go ahead and All play. Right. We had fun with the last one here. here we uh, we're, we're stepping back into the past, 2016. Right. I'm regretting it because it's just giving me uh, nightmares all over again. But uh, from the presidential uh, Republican primary debates here, this is the 12th one, all right, between Republican wow. debate. Yeah, there were 12 of 12 them. 12 of them. It looks okay. like we were down to four at this point. Jeb Bush, Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, and Marco Rubio. So uh, this is a hi- the highlights <laughs> from the 12th. Republican primary debate. Just this is what we got to look forward to at the Democrat debate, guys. Here we go. Oh, oh the cool music again. Yeah, I love that. Thanks, music. CNN. This election, this debate is not about insults. It's not about attacks. I'd be, you know, maybe running for president of Croatia if Kasich, we didn't have Kasich. immigration. We're going to come up with solutions. We're going to find the answers to things. And so far, I cannot believe how civil it's been up here. Last night you told CNN, quote, Islam hates us. Did you mean all 1.6 billion Muslims? I mean a lot of them. I mean a lot of them. I would love the relationship between Cuba and the United States to change, but it will require Cuba to change, at least its government. He's taken to asking people in, in the crowd to raise their hand and pledge their support. This is a job interview. We are here pledging our support to you, not the other way around. Do you believe that you've done anything to create a tone where this kind of violence would be encouraged? I hope not. What will you do to take his very passionate supporters and keep them from bolting the convention and sabotaging the fall election? Well, look, there's some folks in Washington. Uh, yeah, he won. I'd, I'd like to hear your uh, Ted Cruz impersonation. I, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of it, isn't it, Dave? Man, not really. Uh, okay, well, how about my Mick Jagger? Hello, Dennis. And there went the British listeners. <laughs> anyway, that you know what? The, the trip down memory lane didn't do justice to Donald Trump because there's those little snippets that we didn't really capture how... Trump totally dominated those debates. Uh, he was the reason so many people watched the debates. Uh, he was, again, so different, so radically different yeah. uh, as a mainstream candidate. And America went for him, or at least a certain portion of America went for him. And now he's the president of the United States. So those little snippets uh, didn't really capture uh, Donald Trump. Uh, but it did capture the other guys vainly trying to thwart him. And I got a feeling we're going to see it with the, 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 the second debate, not so much the first debate. What you call it? The B-team the debate? Yeah. <laughs> like dismiss nine candidates. It's JV. The JV team. Uh, we're going to see, uh, we're gonna see the, uh, the real ideological battle there, the battleground between Joe Biden saying, hey, guys, don't go too far. And a Bernie representing Monroe, you're also your Elizabeth Warren wing of the party. Uh, and uh, 
So that'll no, be I, exciting. I, I, like, I like most of them. As a matter of fact, I, my 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 attitude is that out of the twenty, um, at least eighteen would be fine. Yeah. Any of any of eighteen, Delaney, I'm not so sure about, and the um, governor of um, Colorado. Oh, Mike, he's not even in. The, uh, no, he'll be in the debate. He's in the There's four. Open. All right, here, uh, here we go. Here's the tr- final trivia question of the night oh, uh, for Micah. And uh, if you gather get these correct, um, you win nothing. Janice will give you a hundred dollars. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, right. <laughs> Good luck getting it. Uh, <laughs> who are the four candidates for president who will, who have not been invited to participate oh, in the Democratic? debate who are the four candidates for a hundred dollars that you will never see <laughs> I, I i can't keep them all straight i don't even can you name uh, one? Oh, the four candidates. i can name one okay mess them uh yes yeah, very is. good can you name his first name no <laughs> okay that would be mayor wayne Messam. Yeah. i've never heard of this guy yeah well he's, he's <laughs> yeah that's, that's the theme. <laughs> he's not in the debate uh and uh for one more time a former representative joe stesick who uh, from pennsylvania just entered the race so he's too late to get in Aww. uh dennis favorite seth moulton uh come on Seth. Yeah. mike gravel right uh, no, he, well, he's not on my list of any list. I think Gravel is not on for tonight or, or tomorrow, but he, he's is hoping he, to he make st- a, a future one. Yeah, he's got those teen, you read about <laughs> him, he's got the teenagers running his no, campaign. No, no, I, I know about it. You're right, from Alaska. Anyway, uh, and uh, Steve Bullock from uh, Montana. Anyway, all right, very good. That's the end of our show for today. Mike, hey, I want to thank you. Is the, yeah, Steve is the only one who has read, won a red state out of everybody. Isn't that that's interesting? his claim to fame. Yeah, that's his claim to fame. Uh, uh, Monroe, thank you very much. Micah as well. Leah, great uh, job oh. as always. Micah, where can people find you? Oh, yes. Find me on Twitter, Micah Utrecht, M-I-C-A-H-U-E-T-R-I-C-H-T. But I would prefer that you go to jacobinmag.com, where I'm hard toiling every day on bringing you content. So jacobinmag.com. All right. Very good. And uh, thank you very much. And, of course, the man, the myth, the legend behind the board, the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois. You know what they call him down there, Micah? White Lightning. Man, my man. Oh, hey. <laughs> no one calls me. Yeah, everybody at all calls him White Lightning. Uh, and Monroe and Leah. I, uh, I already said Leah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, man. I said Leah. Uh, and everybody did a great job. And D, give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. Hey, and remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows at both Chicago Reader and Chicago Sun-Times websites, chicago.suntimes.com forward slash Jarofsky and chicagoreader.com or wherever else you download your favorite podcasts. And hey, millennials, we're on Spotify. I know, pretty cool, right? Tell your friends. All right, also follow us on social media at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show on both Twitter and Facebook. Ben's in control of the Instagram. It's the Ben Jarofsky show. All one word, the Ben Jarofsky show. Go find that on Instagram. Big thank you to everybody who weighed in on the live stream chat room. You guys are awesome. Uh, Sorry for the technical difficulties we had there in the beginning, but you'll be able to download the first half of the show. No problem at all. See you tomorrow.